1: Pacific Beer Chat records on the traditional unceded territory of the Coast First Nations, including the Hlitsum, the Ketse, the Kwantlen, the Coquitlam, the Matskwee, the Musqueam, the Kakite, the Semiahu, the Squamish, the Tawassan, the and the Stalo First Nations. Welcome to Pacific Beer Chat. I'm Warren. I'm Jordan. And with us today, we have Tristan from Temporal Ales. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. So we're going to try some of your uh, aged concoctions here. Um, But uh, before we get started on that, why don't you tell us a little bit about where people can find you (laughs) currently (laughs) and what
2: your future plans might be about. Sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, where you can find me currently... Uh, is making beer at Container Brewing and uh, making beer at House of Funk in North Vancouver. Um, uh, A small background, I guess, is necessary, a little explainer on my company and what I do. Um, So I I sublease space from other breweries to make my beer. I don't have my own brewery uh, equipment, and for the most part, I do have some equipment. Um, And... Yeah, so I'm making beer at House of Funk and at Container Brewing. um, I do all barrel fermented barrel-aged mixed culture beer and strong dark beer. Uh, And yeah, I do the releases periodically, and you have to come down and buy beer. There's (laughs) a few stores that might have bottles and a (laughs) few, you know, pubs, restaurants, nice bars that may have bottles. But generally, you got to come down and buy it. So watch the social media for those releases
1: and then uh, head on down. I think lately the releases have all been coming out of container, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I haven't put anything out of House of Funk uh, yet. Uh, per- previously, I was I was doing stuff out at Lupilo. Yeah. Um, and early last year, I kind of shifted all that production out of Luplo as they needed the space I was using back. Right. Um, the joys of, of using the space of another <laughs> brewery is that eventually they grow and need that space. So. Correct. Uh, so that production at Lupulo kind of shifted to North Van and those beers are, take quite a while to mature. So they're, they're just kind of aging along. I did bring the first one today that we're going to get to drink Ooh. momentarily here. It's a nice segue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very nice. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the last couple releases, uh, in the past year, I've only released like four beers and they've been out of container. Right. And in, in the past like month. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we crack that, saison?
1: Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it <laughs> seemed like there was a little bit of a lag there for a while during COVID, where, and I guess you were between places after you'd left Loopolo. Um it, it seemed like, a, or it felt to me, about a year or so without
2: any releases or anything. Is that right? Yeah, it was, in fact, almost exactly a year. Um, yeah, here, I can pour this for you. Yeah, it was about a year. Um it took me quite a while to figure out what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, and how I wanted to kind of do everything. Here, I'm going to give you that one there. Thanks, yeah. <laughs> Uh Yeah, it took me quite a while to kind of figure out what I wanted to do, and where I wanted to go, and what I wanted my company to be. Right. Um, Had a bit of a weird existential crisis. <laughs> it was good, though. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> yeah, so I, um, when I wrapped up at Loopolo, I didn't have... Uh, anywhere sorted out to bring all my barrels um i didn't have any beer in barrels i kind of emptied all of my my barrels so the last beers i put on a loop low were from like 3 years previous that i'd brewed wow. in 2018 <clears throat> excuse me and uh and so yeah so i went through some options I, I looked at leasing a building um and doing the full full real go of it uh-huh. um and I actually had an offer on a building a very serious like very serious about it had an architect sorted and like a contractor and had some engineers in and like we there was tons of back and forth that like put down deposits and started talking to the city and just started working on all of that uh <laughs> and then when it came time to actually uh execute a lease the um owner kind of backed out of it they weren't, oh. they weren't happy with something you know so oh. yeah so but then i kind of realized is that really what i want uh and that's a a big question, because I kind of like having my company the way that it is, being small and agile and being able to make whatever I want and not being beholden to investors or shareholders or, (laughs) you know, uh, having to make 20 plus grand a month to pay the rent of my building. Um, I really like being able to, you know, make like a 200 liter batch and have it all sell out and just have it out there in the world and, you know, do that once a month and be able to sustain myself, so. So, Yeah, so my priorities shifted a little bit. Um, part of that was because of COVID, but part of that was also just like everything is just so expensive. There's yeah, enough breweries, a lot. like I, especially in like Vancouver, a, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, no, yeah. And so, I, I like doing my own specific niche uh, things in terms of beer, and, and I don't really have the same aspirations or ambitions that a lot of brewers have, and so <laughs> uh, so I like to. You know, I, I was very lucky and very happy to find a home at Container um, and at House of Funk. Uh, the owners of both are friends of mine, and they had extra space. And they said, you know, I kind of put out not like a desperate call for help, <laughs> but I said, hey, like, can I brew some beer at someone's brewery? And um, and yeah, they, they both had some space for me. And so I, I opted to move all of my mixed culture and sour beer, which is kind of what I'm known for, uh, over to North Van and kind of kick that off at House of Funk. Um, and then I opted to kick off this new program, making um, barrel-aged, strong, clean beer that doesn't have bacteria or anything in it. Oh, really? Um, yeah.
1: Oh, interesting.
2: Very clean, and and so all the yeah all the beers in container are are uh, microbiologically very clean. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. Cool. So well, yeah. So, so, so It's funny
1: so, you just finished telling us that you prefer making dark beers and everything, and then you pour us this very light colored beer. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sorry.
2: So yeah. I mean, I don't know that I prefer making dark beers. I just have been doing that lately. Okay. <laughs> okay. I still I love mixed culture saison, and I, I love saison. So. Yeah. This I'm is, smelling this right off the bat,
1: I'm getting a little bread in there. There's
2: definitely some bread in there. There's some funk in there. So this is a single barrel of saison. It doesn't have a yeah, label yet. Yeah. You can smell the wood too. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh. It was brewed it in like August. I think last year, maybe September. Oh, wow. Yeah. um, It was one of the first batches I laid down there when I was kind of filling all the barrels at House of Funk. And uh, it went into the barrel with uh, a little bit of fresh saison yeast. And um, the barrel was from my sour project at Lupolo, because I I was saying I emptied all those barrels and moved them over there. So other than pitching some fresh saison yeast, I actually didn't add any bread or anything. That's just from just from the barrel. From the barrel, yeah. Wow. So that's kind of the nature of of all of those barrels for my sour project is that um, they're kind of a house for a bacteria and yeast culture. And Mm -hmm. there's all sorts of stuff in there ranging from like wild yeast um, to Saison strains that are commercially made to like bottled dregs that I've propped up from Lambic Mm -hmm. to all sorts of strange stuff. Like if I have a beer that I like, I will regularly at home just like pour the dregs into a small vial and then propagate it and then (laughs) throw that into a barrel, not knowing what's in there, but just like... You know, it could just be champagne yeast that the brewery <laughs> used when they pr- like Balling. primed their bottles. But for the most part, I've had good results with that. I can, you know, you can make a starter and smell it and be like, yep. is that just champagne yeast? Or is there actually their house culture or their bacteria or yeast? Or in the case of Lambic, like, is there some good wild stuff in there? Right. Um, not the gross stuff that, that <laughs> is around in Lambic as well. Yeah. And so, so this one is just fairly clean. Oh, uh, yeah. I picked a single barrel. It's not blended.
1: It's delish. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's, it finishes nice and dry like a Saison should. Yeah. Just like maybe just a little hint of tartness in there. Mm-hmm. The brett is just very balanced. It's not all up in your face. It's not massive. Yeah. It's uh, it's really nice. Thank I mean, you. I, I would call that a table beer.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, and that's the funny thing is, is it, it, it tastes very light. It's actually like almost 6%. Um, just, just because of the, the nature of the drying oh. out of the yeast. Yeah, it's nice and dry. It's yeah. super nice dry. It's bone yeah. dry, yeah. yeah. And
1: it's not like super Belgian-y kind of character either. Yeah,
2: yeah it's not too intense in, in any one way. I mean, I think Saison can be all sorts of stuff. It's it can. Not, that's,
1: yeah. that's the interesting thing about Saison for me, is it's such a wide open category yeah. that it can it, you can have two beers that are
2: completely different, but they both can fit under that umbrella, right? Totally, totally, yeah. So that's that's kind of... Part of what I'm exploring at House of Funk is is, uh, Mixed Culture Saison. Nice. Rather than some of the very acidic sour beers I've made in the past. Right, Um, right. Where I'm saying, you know, oh, this is like a three-year-old beer, and it gets very acidic just <laughs> over that time in the barrel from the microoxidation and from the bacteria just slowly ripping through things. Do you measure this is pH? like a little bit. Yeah, I do measure pH. I've had some beers that are under three pH. Well, <laughs> just, yeah, as soon as just, you get under three, they yeah, start to get pretty darn tart. Too tart. Yeah. <laughs> so, so some of the beers I've put out have been, uh, you know, on the verge of being too tart. But, right. Uh, and some would say too tart. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm exploring the less sour version of mixed culture beers. Um, this is a little bit more bitter. I forget exactly what the IBU is or what it roughly is, but it's enough that, like, there is for sure bacteria that it could sour this if I didn't have a bitter word Right, right. And uh, so, yeah, there's maybe a tiny little hint of tartness, and over time it might pop up a little bit more, but...
1: Oh, it's just a yeah. little bitterness in the finish. Like, it, yeah. it, it's not... I wouldn't call it hoppy.
2: No, 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 for sure, yeah. I've got a, a version that's going to... the next is on, so I'm kind of... this is kind of a almost like a new series. Yeah. And... um the the next one will be a dry hopped version of awesome. a beer similar to this. Um, awesome. Now and you're then talking my a, language. Yeah, <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm getting back into the fruited and stuff. I I have beer that's been on fruit since last summer and last wow. season. So, yeah, it's stuff that's been sitting on grapes and peaches and Damn. all sorts of stuff. So yeah. you like Punch that down all the time. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, actually, I haven't since it stopped re-fermenting. I, I left okay. the punch downs. It's just been sitting there. But yeah, yeah punch it down during re-fermentation. I have these wonderful fruiting vessels that are um, very unique. They're these pear-shaped barrels. Oh yeah. Um, and so they 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 push the fruit as re referments up into kind of a, a thicker cap at the top and so ah, they're good for punch downs. They come from France. They have a big manway on the top. They're super cool. Huh, cool. Um so very like specialty equipment. I I was very lucky to get those barrels used from a winery and there's okay. some of like a, you know a handful that's in North America. They're a French cooperage is like specialty barrel. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. And I barrels. I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I do. I do. I know way too much about barrels. <laughs> um, I have like some, like if I do the grapes in them, sometimes I'll like throw the grapes in there and do a carbonic maceration, which is a whole thing. Yeah. And then I'll like climb in and stomp the grapes with my feet. Really? Yeah. And, then, and then climb out and then, like and then fill it with beer. So <laughs> yeah. So if you've had a beer with my with grapes in it from me, it's probably had my feet in it. Uh, but don't worry, it's. <laughs> yeah, fine. this one's a little yeah. cheesy. Yeah, yeah it's uh, a little funky. This <laughs> beer. But it's okay. It gets boiled. <laughs> I promise, it's all fine. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> or oh, the alcohol oh, they, they
3: used like to do it like that in France. They still, <laughs> still and some do. still do. Yeah. Seen it on the news. That lady falling out of the barrel. Oh really? Yeah. Had, yeah. But, yeah. So I
1: thought that was an Italian thing.
2: Yeah, maybe. I don't know.
3: Stomping
1: around on them. Yeah. I did see that before. <laughs> funny.
2: Like, yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's this is kind of the the Do one. you have side a name for this beer? Nope, not yet. I okay. might just call it Saison. I don't know.
1: Age Saison release number one. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I in the past I've I've had a lot of names for things and right. I it sucks coming up with names I'm all totally yeah. the yeah. time. Yeah. So I you know, I think for something like a Saison, it because it can be so many things, it's kind of fun to explore that. It's just like this is a Saison. <laughs> Do with that yeah. as you may. You know, drink it. I hope you like it.
1: When I've, when I've booed it's commercially, it's uh, it's fun to name some beers at first, but then it gets really boring really quickly. And uh, I'll leave that up to other people. Yeah. I, yeah. There's nothing wrong with putting on the label just what it is. Put the style on there and who
2: made it and leave it at that. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, now I know what's in the can at least. Yeah. I don't <laughs> have to. I've been kind of, it's, it's tough coming up with names it
1: absolutely is and then you go google it and somebody's already picked that name
2: yes also also a real issue um it's just whether or not you care or think they're going to dcma and cease and desist you (laughs) yeah um that happens a lot yeah yeah Yeah, I've had a few of those actually. That's a, that's a story for another time. But yeah. I, but I've had a few of those come in the mail. Yeah. So yeah, yeah nothing wrong with the label that says temporal
1: artisanales saison.
2: Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, haven't, I still am. That's this beer was actually ready. Like it was tasting carb like this months ago, and it was ready to go. Um, and I just have whiff waft on the label mm. and just gone back and forth on how I wanted to do it. Oh, it's delicious.
1: I love the yeah. uh, the body on this, too. And
2: look at the head. I've still got, like, yeah. wicked nice frothy
1: head. And mm. I'm at the end of my glass almost. Yeah, it's
2: nice and fluffy. It's, it's uh, nice lacing. Yeah. Nicely yep. carbonated, well too. Like it's yeah. Thank you.
3: Yeah, mine's gone already. I really liked it. There's so. more if you
2: want. Otherwise, <laughs> we can crack into uh, the next beer. Here. I was
3: going to say, why don't we jump into the next one here? I'll let you open it since you got the fancy
1: knife bottle opener. So Thanks, man. So this is going to be the, uh, the one that I went and picked up um, a couple of weeks back. I did a, a brief little uh, Pacific Beer Chat TV episode, if you want to check it out, um, where we went down to um, container. container and uh, waited in line for a little bit and uh, picked up Event Horizon and Cosmic Syzygy. So we're going to try the Event Horizon here first. Uh, this is part of the Void series, uh, release number one that's right and uh this uh, 500 bottles were released of this 13.95 percent strong beer and this is a barrel aged strong beer says imperial stout aged in a blanton's bourbon barrel brewed with a reiterated double mash containing wheat and oats for a luxurious full body boiled for six hours so,
3: it's also dipped in a nice, lovely red wax yes. that uh, you may need a knife to open, but yeah. Tristan made it look really easy, so... it's well, probably had practice.
2: Yeah, I've opened a lot of a lot of <laughs> waxed bottles in my life. I should probably just make a video of how to do it easily. There's, there's, like, a couple different ways, and no one... Like, I see people getting in there and just struggling, trying to, like, oh, cut yeah. through the side of it. It's really not that hard. Oh, I hated them yeah. for the
1: longest time, and then I figured out how to open them quick and the, quickly and easily, and... I don't have a problem with
2: exact more, and then you're set so yeah so this was the first release um, I'm only going to take a little bit here because
1: no <laughs> oh, go strong. ahead we can
2: open this other one here too oh, well it's very strong enough. is it? oh okay it's like 14%. Well, we'll, <laughs> well, so probably just the one is plenty if you okay guys wanna well,
1: we'll do the one here and then uh, we'll open the, the other one of mine Deal.
2: I'll age my other bottle
1: yeah. yes that's the way that should be good
3: oh dude that smells so good more?
1: I'll maybe take a hair. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Wow. It's yep. almost doing like a cascade in my glass.
2: Yeah, it's very thick, so that's one of the first crazy. things you'll notice. Um, it's not you have super th- dark.
1: I mean, it's, it's dark, not, it's, not crazy. it's not like black. Yeah. Nope. No. Dark, dark, dark brown. Yeah. yeah. You can see those little reddish tinges around the edge. Totally. Yeah. Super tan head. Yeah.
3: yeah. Oh. The nose, though. No, I'm getting <laughs> dried fruit. A little uh, bit. Molasses. Chocolate. Chocolate, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh man,
3: smells like what I like—a little anami on the
2: back there. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. You don't—you can't smell the booze though. Nope, not no, not at all. Which is which is nice. I mean, part of that is uh, the fuse. Like I, I avoided a lot of fusel alcohol production uh, mm-hmm. just by the way I brewed it. Just nice slow ferment. Yeah, nice slow and low ferment. Um, mm. And part of it too is that it's was in barrels for almost a year. So that right. that kind of helps to round w- out any fuses. Yeah. What yeah. kind of
3: barrels were they in?
2: This one's Blanton's. So it's just a single barrel. Um, okay. Blanton's is a bourbon. It's one of my favorite bourbons. That's why I chose this one. Nice. Oh. Um, I was very happy wow. to get those for uh Oh, for Mike would love this. Mike would love this. Oh, my that. God.
3: <laughs> I was holding back on uh, to it's let rich. you try it.
1: It is rich. I'm getting a little of the heat. Yeah. You, can, you can tell there's some booze in there.
2: Oh, you can for sure. You can tell that it's, you know, it's not... 10%. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, know, you know it's big. But it's not overly thick. Nope, not crazy. Um, it does and, linger.
1: But I'm getting that nice, uh, that sweet, malty thing that you would expect from like a, uh, like a, a barley wine. Yeah. You know? yeah.
3: Well, I'm getting a new, the Unami flavoring yeah. a bit. And yeah. then also, as it's rounding off in the end, it's going into that chocolate, yeah. like um, almost like a dark, roastier
1: chocolate. Totally. F- and you get that caramel toffee thing in there.
2: Yeah. There's a little bit, I find there's a little bit of coconut-y kind of vanilla a stuff little, from yeah. the barrel. Um, I find it fairly vanilla-y just from the, the bourbon. That's all wood character. So oh I, I kind God. of, for the first release, I, I kind of wanted to introduce people to this. Uh, this, this project is like a kind of a, uh, a bit of a limited term thing. I mean, it'll, it's going to last a few years, but I have, I've, I've brewed all the beer for it, essentially. Right. And all the barrels are full now. And so I only have brewed, I've brewed seven batches and I kind of, there are different base beers uh, and there will be some blending and there will be some weird adjuncts and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> but I kind of, for the very first beer, I was like, let me just take one single barrel. Mm-hmm. We can introduce people to it. Keep it like, simple. This is just what it, this is what it is at, at the beginning. Yeah. Um. So waited, I waited a long time for it to be um around where it is now. Yeah, here I can. Yeah, it's. uh yeah, yeah, it's it's boozy and uh, but not not hot, but it, you mm-hmm. can tell it's strong. Um, Blanton's, it's got that Blanton's kind of characteristic. One of my favorite bourbons. Yeah, so. if
1: I had to guess, I would guess it was just under ten.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's fourteen percent. I've had it lab yeah. tested. I have to. Oh, did you? Yeah, so that's a whole nother now- thing.
1: In in BC here, if it's over twelve point nine nine or something like that, you get something
2: weird happens. Is yeah. that just a taxation bracket, or it's a it's a it's it's complicated? Yes. It's, <laughs> if it's over eleven point nine, it's no longer considered beer, right. um, by the federal government. Right. So it's, they call it wine. I guess. D- well, right? they don't even. It's it's considered spirits. spirits? Um, for, the, for oh, federal God. excise, it's considered spirits. So when you when Jesus. when the you have to as a brewer, you have to pay your federal excise tax, or they come after you, of course. Right. Um, and there's just no way to pay federal excise tax as a brewery for a beer that's over 11.9. You can only select 11.9 as, like, the maximum. So I had to go and get a federal spirits license Oh my god! Um, to be able to produce this really? and to be able to properly pay excise on it. And that's insane. Yeah. Involved in that is a whole lot of extra paperwork. I have to oh, submit, yeah. like, monthly returns. I have to pay duty, uh, excise duty upon packaging, which is different um, than with beer where you pay upon sold, I think. Weird. Um, anyway, yeah. From I, it, what I understand, like the, the way the whole spirits thing works is
1: very convoluted and it's very strange as far as the way the laws are based and everything. Yeah. From what I understand, it is technically illegal to distill spirits or produce spirits. So the government um, basically comes in and <laughs> takes it away from you and then they make it legal and
2: sell it back to you. That's basically how it works with yeah with the duty yeah it's duty so pay. screwed up. Yeah, that's why I have to pay duty upon packaging because that the equivalent would be me sending it away to their duty right uh, warehouse right right, right duty warehouse and then uh, and then sending it back. Yeah, to so me. they confiscate it and then sell it back to you. Essentially, it's, Gotta it's love the government. Up. It is Come so much. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot of bureaucracy that goes into making this oh, yeah, no A lot shit. of red tape, and there's a reason that most breweries you won't see an ABV of anything over 11.9 on their label because on they their can't label. legally call it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh yeah no that's not to say there's, there's plenty of breweries that have put out beer that's I think uh, we 14%. just had one recently oh yes yeah. we did and <laughs> and and like and that's their, their choice either they don't know that it's that strong or they know and they don't and care play stupid or they think that no one will check which is right. obviously true so, but, especially if it's uh, something that sells out quickly well, yeah. yeah. the
3: last one we had too was a special release and it was like yeah. 11.9 was the label and yeah. then when it was about to be released they had to retest and it was like 14.8 Eight. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, they had to change the labels <laughs> and yada yada yada. Yeah. Yeah. I really,
2: I really just wanted to do it. Uh, you know, I, I was filling. Uh, I have 120 hectoliters of this type of beer. Nice. Uh, 60 barrels full. I just wanted to keep it all above board. Do it right. You know, you don't want the taxmen coming after oh, you, yeah, making you know. dump it all. That's down a nightmare. The drain. You don't want to be involved <laughs> in yeah. that kind of crap. Prohibition so I, so shit. So I have to send off all of the every beer I have to get it lab lab analyzed and, and wow. I pay tax based on the ABV. So with right. the spirits, you pay. Um, it's a much higher rate than the beer production, mm-hmm. and you pay uh, like a prorated uh, rate based on the ABV. So it's like per liter of absolute alcohol. So, like a beer like this is tw- uh, 12 or 14%. Right. So, you're um, talking 100% alcohol. So, for 100% alcohol, you pay 12.75 per liter. Per liter. Um, yeah. Oh. And then, with uh, so for like Jeez. a beer like this, it's uh, essentially a, a bottle is a third of a liter. And uh, you're paying 14% of 12.75 right, per right. third of a leader. Do the math. Yeah, you just got to... <laughs> no thanks. Gotta, yeah. But, but yeah, it's it's one of those things, you know, I, I wanted to do it right. I'm happy to pay the higher tax rate. I just wanted to make it, uh, you know, to make it that way. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's not going to kill your margins that much because no. you have low overhead. Exactly. I have low overhead. I mean, I still have to... You know, be able to pay all the rent and all this. Like I've sunk yeah. so much money into this over the years, and no I can doubt. get into that in a bit. About some, <laughs> I'll get into that when we talk about the Munich wine. About, about uh, some of the ridiculous barrels that I have. Um, I've spent so much money just on barrels. Stuff. Yeah, well, just on barrels and uh, on ingredients too. We can talk. Well, about Well, of when course, we talk yeah, because you don't yeah. want to chintz out on ingredients <laughs> either, right? You never, yeah, you don't want to cheap out on anything. You want to do it right, and uh, <laughs> that's kind of my whole thing. Um, but yeah, you notice that it's not, it's not super, super sweet. I mean, it, no, it's, it's fanta- I think it for finished. this
1: style of beer. This is one of the best ones I've had in a oh, long time. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's I think it. Mike's going to be kicking himself.
2: Well, he's got one. He's, he's got French, a bottle
1: he enjoy, that he can so, enjoy by yeah. himself. Fucking mm-hmm. so, asshole. <laughs> well, he's listening to this. He can sit down and crack it and enjoy it along with us. But, um, yeah, great. he's going to love this. This will probably be one of the best ones he's had this year. I'm guessing. Uh, yeah.
3: pro- close to probably. Yeah. He does drink a lot of them. So who knows with him, but, <laughs> uh, it is, uh, it has got all the round things. I know he likes his sweeter, but like, I think he'd be real happy
2: with something like this because I'm loving it and thinking. me and him have similar tastes, so... That was, that's something I can get into as well is, is uh, the sweetness level and some intentional decisions I've made to mm. avoid things like lactose. Um, yes. I'm not a fan of lactose in beer at all. And so I, I intentionally do things... Um, I'm, I'm I'm brewing these in a very difficult way. I don't think anyone ever, anyone here in BC probably has ever brewed beer this way in such an <laughs> inefficient and um, <laughs> deliberate way. So I'm I'm doing this reiterated double mash, which is not. I didn't do that for all the recipes um, that I brewed my seven batches, but I did it for about half of them. Yeah, where I'm essentially, I, I don't I don't at the risk of being too technical, I'm essentially doing two mashes, and I'm striking the second mash with the runnings from the first mash. Gotcha. And so the runnings from the second mash are then they come out basically like syrup. They're right. so ridiculously yeah. sweet. It's like so, I've seen like forty plus play-doh in my second so my, that my first. It sounds running. like an easy way to achieve that high gravity. It's well, it's not easy, but it's a way to achieve that high gravity. Right. Um, it without it's a way to achieve that high gravity, most importantly and chiefly, without adding simple sugar right. in the form of fermentable like or, dextrose or boiling for excessive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Amount. Uh, I still do boil for a six very hours long time. Is yeah, yeah, <laughs> I was yeah, so, say. six <laughs> hours is a while. Yeah, I think I have one, that, one of the bases I did about 10. But um, that's going to
1: affect the flavor and the sweetness, though, too,
2: because now you yeah. got that caramelization going on in the kettle. And well, so you do and you don't. So that's the fun thing about modern brewing is that uh, – without a direct fire kettle, oh, it's yeah. really steam tough to achieve. yeah with it's really tough to achieve caramelization ah, you okay. do get a little bit of Maillard effect happening and you get a little bit of caramelization like uh, toasting kind of happen right but you can't achieve caramelization like you can in a direct fire direct kettle where you have or a, a, a flame underneath or yeah or exactly because you can't the the, the beer is being heated but the steam is only ever raising the beer to about I think it's like 130 or 140 oh, okay. degrees okay and that's right at the jacket right. And so the beer is boiling, and even if it's boiling very vigorously and it's very hot, um, you're probably not hot enough to achieve what you'd consider caramelization okay. from a myrrd perspective. Interesting, but you get a little bit of that, and we can talk about that in the barley wine when we get there, because there's there's some of that in that. That one was boiled for eight hours. I think we're Sheesh. getting there. Yeah. And eight so once, yeah, <laughs> once you once you kind of get into uh, uh, longer boils like that, there's a lot of waiting and there's a lot of uh, the thickness that happens when the beer is, like, that viscous <laughs> uh, it has some challenges, and, and caramelization can happen easier when it's so thick because it, it boils at a higher temperature because of how thick it is. Um, so that's, that's also interesting. Hmm. Uh, but anyways, yeah, we can crack the next one. I think the next one, we should probably not actually do the barley wine. We should do the second stout, Okay, uh, which okay. was released just this last week.
1: Yeah. So you just had a release, was that on the weekend
2: here? That was on Sunday. Yeah. yeah and today is Tuesday. So we we released it uh, four days, days ago. So you held a couple ago. back appreciate. So yeah, you did it on the what, like the seventh or sixth or something like 8th. that?
3: Eighth May eighth, yeah, I think and, I said okay. four days.
2: But it was, yeah, only a couple days ago. Mother's um, Day
3: release. Yeah, Mother's Day release. I it guess. was Mother's Day. And Poppin'. so yeah,
2: so the re- release went well. We didn't actually sell out of the beer. I was going to ask
3: um, that, so you can still get some when you listen to this. Well,
2: you can't. That's the thing. So, oh, so it's, yeah, he's holding it all for himself. I'm not. I'm holding it all. <laughs> no, unfortunately, the nature of my my project at Container is that it's a one day release. It's one right. day only. It's kind of a pop up release. So the, the beer is okay. not consistently available. Right, in right, the right. tasting room there. So if you do want some, uh, it'll be
1: uh, the next release around. There there might be some extras around, or yeah. talk to you directly.
2: Yeah, if you talk to me directly, maybe. Um, but probably, <laughs> but probably wait till the next release. I think I'll have right. a little bit of the leftovers okay. there. I'm also going to send some out to um, a couple places. I love the magnet. Um, Dude, so the magnet, we'll get magnet. I work down the street. I can go um, there. Yeah, it's
3: you a beautiful can send place. one to me too. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so um, this
1: one, just FYI, if those of you who can't see because we're uh, not uh, videoing this, this has a, a maroon uh, colored uh, wax on top. Yeah, it's a, it, so most, this is release number three. This of is the release series? number.
2: Three, four, sorry. Four. At least number four yeah. of this series. Confusingly, yes. Okay. We're going from one to four. Um, so this is an intentional follow-up to the one we just oh, okay. drank. and so that same is same base be- beer? It's Exactly. It's the same base beer. It was from the first batch I brewed a container. Okay. Um, this one had the uh, wonderful addition of some uh, Mexican vanilla beans mm. and Mexican geisha coffee. So geisha coffee is a very special coffee. Um, it's very expensive. It's I've heard of it. It's a varietal of coffee. Yeah, so it's 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 some very sought after coffee. It has kind of very distinct aromas and flavors um, that you don't find in regular coffee beans, really. Um yeah, so it's it's kind of known for its its floral and fruity notes. Um, hmm. But this one, so I, I so basically the the summary of how I ended up with this coffee in the beer is that I, I wanted to work with my friend Matt at Prototype uh, Roasters in Vancouver. He has a very uh, almost what you call micro roastery. His coffee, his coffee business. They have roaster, s- r- small roasting machines, and they can essentially roast like a kilo of beans at a time. Wow! And they do that like a they kilo. don't. They don't have a larger roaster. So like most coffee roasting businesses have a huge roaster. Yeah, where they're dumping like I've like,
1: seen the one at JJ Beans. Very, down, well, that's uh, massive. Down yeah, P forty nine. I mean, it's not that big. No, but, but that's a, but it's a like, pretty big machine. Pretty big.
2: That like. The bags of coffee, for context, most bags of coffee come in, like, a 50-kilo sack. Right, and, and you can throw a couple beans. sacks in there, I think. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but even, like, smaller, like, like most small roasteries in Vancouver have a machine that does one sack of beans or something like really? that. So Matt's kind of unique in that his... Even smaller. Exactly. His is tiny, <laughs> and they can do just a small amount. So I went there and chatted with him. I tasted through some coffees. This one had a very wonderful flavor to it um, in the cup. Is It's just this beautiful kind of woody... Aroma, which was very unique to me, yeah, and uh, it still had some of the geisha florals and kind of fruity notes. There was a bit of almost like melon in there, really, um, and yeah. So I, I chose the coffee; I thought it would work well. I'm going to work with him more in the future. With, yeah, I'm sure I will make more coffee beers as part of this series. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, but yeah, I was very happy with how this one how this one came together. So well, it's got smelling
3: to, uh, nice. You can take a whiffy whiff, Warren.
2: Yes, yeah. It's so it's not. Um, oh, yeah,
3: yeah. right. You, so you can, can
1: tell it's sort of the same base beer, but I'm getting that coffee aroma right up in my I nose. Got, I
3: got the coffee, and I'm, I'm feeling a little more umami up up on the nose on, than the last one.
2: Yeah, and it's not it's not oh, um, the wow. same base barrel. It's, that's, yeah, so that's the other good. fun uh, aspect of all of this is that I, I make the base batch of beer on container system, and I ferment it um, in the tanks that I own there. And uh, it goes into, from those tanks, I'm fermenting about 20 hectoliters of liquid, and that goes into, you know... Six, seven, eight, nine barrels. Right, and so each of those barrels can be its own different type of wood, yeah, whatever. So I have all sorts of like I could. I have like so many different types of barrels. It's ridiculous. Well, but this one, this, this one is, a is uh,
1: This one says on the label, it's Nichols, Austin Nichols. Barrel. Yeah, so Austin, Nichols, Austin is Nichols is the parent
2: company of Wild Turkey. Oh, okay. Um, so they don't specify the broker that I bought them from doesn't specify what Wild Turkey it was. They just say <laughs> that it's twelve years old. So, well, it's, so it's an older bourbon barrel. So that's part of what sets this project apart oh, from some of the other barrel-aged beers that we get and mm. are made locally here is that I'm using barrels that have older bourbons. I'm not just using like a four-year Woodford or four-year Jack right, Daniels or right. something like that. It's uh, bourbon that it's sat been, in there for 12 years or more. So it's I one permeated that wood. It really seeps in there, yeah. And that flavor changes and, you know, there's evaporation that happens. And uh, yeah that's the angel's share. Yes, yeah. yeah. I have some barrels that are like 50 plus years old. I have wow. uh, Oh, really? Yeah, I have one that was a uh, most recently a scotch barrel, but it was initially a nice. bourbon barrel from something like the 60s or 70s. It got sent from a uh, bourbon distillery cuz they can only use them once for bourbon. Right. Yeah. So then they that's sell the them barrel, usually um, to and Ron whoever Ron. This one went down to Jamaica and then was used for rum wow. for an unknown amount of time. They normally then, only use it once. Yeah, well, and then and then from being used for rum, it went to uh, it was used in Islay for scotch. Wow, and then it came from Islay. <laughs> Is Islay Scotch back to North America, and the broker sold it to me. Damn. Um, so some flavors in that's there? not this one. That's how, not how this do they barrel.
3: how do they track that shit?
2: That, well, I, a lot of the barrels are traceable, so you know, like the cooperages. That, have that would be a it. lot of
3: shipping, right? Just back and forth. Yeah, boom, but I mean, oh. well, it's worth
2: it if if it's going down to Jamaica and it's being used for rum for like twenty years. Yeah, that's worth it to them. They've made a twenty-year rum, and I it guess still has so. wood character, uh, and then it goes and is a like a finishing barrel for a Scotch. Hmm. Um, like a rum finished scotch, that's or cool, man. or it aged it. I don't know, but that's not that's not this barrel. Anyway, the, well, I can the, see them using different barrels with scotch, well, especially if it's to
1: be a blend at the end, right? Yeah.
3: Can we just talk about the flavors on this beer yeah. for a minute? Because they're uh, it's it's way different than the first one. Um,
2: yeah, get into it. I don't mind. Sorry, because I could I well, could talk one, at length about barrels. This and, one is uh, a lower alcohol as well. This one's only twelve point three nine
1: percent. Yeah. But and I'm, t- I'm getting the vanilla Ooh, I'm getting big the, time right. I'm off getting the bat. vanilla.
3: I'm getting I'm getting a lot more barrel like wood. presence flavor in this one yes the anami's not as present on my tongue but in the nose it was yeah but i
1: yeah and it's not as fruity as the other one it's a little more subdued in the fruit category either that or the the coffee's just covering it up
2: right
3: there the coffee hits the nose too i just smelt it again it's like okay yeah, it's yeah the aroma
1: so like almost it smells of... like the green coffee beans. Like, they, they don't smell overly roasted.
2: Yeah, no, they're they're a, a lighter roast. I, like I blonde? I, if it was a scale of, like, 1 to 10, I feel like they're probably, like, a 3 or 4. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I, I prefer a lighter roast bean in, in coffee The flavor beers. comes through better in the beer with the lighter roast. I think so. And I also think that it's a... a so a big part of uh, my coffee technique in additions to this beer, I, I had multiple coffee additions over the days leading up to bottling. Oh, yeah? Um, instead of just throwing beans in there and waiting and packaging yep. it like maybe a normal brewer would, <laughs> I, I'm a little psychotic. And so I like went in like 16 hours before to add ground coffee and like 48 hours <laughs> before to add some whole beans. And I think I added some in between as well. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit crazy when it comes to stuff like that. But yeah, it's I, I really hate the flavor uh, that comes across as green pepper in, in yes. the coffee beers. It's a pyrazine. I forget how it's formed, but it's generally formed from uh, older coffee and longer contact times. So the longer you leave it that's, on, the more chance of getting that. That makes sense. That's from research that I've done. That's what I understand. So, yeah. and, and also it's a, ro- a roasting thing too. If the be- beans are roasted too heavily, I believe. Um, okay. Don't quote me on that. Someone yeah. who's listening to this will probably be like fucking Tristan. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I hope you can bleep me out. Uh, or yeah, I can, no, swear. you're, you're allowed about to about swear that. on yeah. this. On <laughs> trust <laughs> me. I would have been on this podcast <laughs> if you couldn't swear. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I I really hate that flavor and I did a bit of research, yeah, uh, a lot of research it. into avoiding that and uh, that was what resulted in. Yeah. And and anyways, I I wanted to really uh, kind of display that that nose of the coffee that special Geisha coffee it has like this kind of woody aroma. And yeah. flavor, and so some of that woodiness that you're tasting is coming from the coffee. It's coming from the coffee, which really? is really were, interesting. Yeah, so they do 120 hour fermentation, which is what? also unique. That's right. So I mean, there's all sorts of ways to process coffee, but this wow. particular, uh, I believe it's a coffee co-op in Mexico that um, supplies these beans, and they they get the beans or they get the cherries, uh, and they do 120 hour fermentation with ale yeast, which I thought was really interesting, huh. um, in a dark room, and then I believe uh, it's left in the dark room. To dry, while the beans dry, the fermentation continues. It's a whole interest, like Whoa. very fascinating process, Whoa. and different than a lot of coffee processes. Um, well, it's got to be. It's got to be better than the coffee that comes through the serval cats. Hundred percent. Well, I mean, maybe not better. That's different. Yeah, and I and I'm also interested in Kopi Luwak. The that's I may make I may make Uh-oh. a beer with Kopi Luwak. Uh, talk about expensive. Although. <laughs> There's some problematic things there, so I might not, because it, it's apparently, uh, it's exploitative, and uh, there's animal, animal rights activists right, have right, issues right, with it, so right. I, you know, I'm very careful about who I work with and, for that reason, so <laughs> Kopi <Kopi-Lowak laughs> maybe not on the Maybe, table. maybe not. We're I just, might do it, though. Just buy a couple of the cats. Yeah, I'll find, like, if there's, like, an ethical way to do it, I will, I will consider it, um, even though that cat is... Free you know, range in are, Stanley Park, they there you go. fight the yeah. coyotes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this this one's uh it's all about the coffee vanilla and this is kind of an example. It's still a single barrel. Um an interesting difference you you noted is that it's less strong, and that yes. is a hundred percent from the barrel. And so I don't the, think it's as sweet either. It it actually is exactly the same sweetness. Um from the finishing gravity as dictated by this uh analysis machine that gave yeah. me the ABV. It's it's Interesting. Uh, I believe it's within point zero one Play Doh, which is like really? almost nothing here.
1: Yeah. I'm not perceiving the same level of yeah. sweetness.
2: Yeah, I think and I think that's probably what? partially coffee. It's coffee? The, partially I think it's coffee
3: that wood flavoring too that yeah. you don't notice it as much. It's yeah. Some of that bitterness but I, I coming from the roast, maybe. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I think the, the vanilla can give an aspect, mm. like almost like a perception of sweetness where there isn't right. necessarily sweetness. Like when we smell vanilla, we think sweet things. Oh smell. yeah,
3: especially Mexican vanilla, exactly. like the proper yeah. stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah, and yeah. So I I actually have a vanilla broker, um, <laughs> <laughs> being a very spe- got yeah, being me. a very specific man. <laughs> I, I work with a vanilla um, broker who who sources vanilla from co-ops and farms all over the world. Yeah. Um, I have some cool Ugandan vanilla coming and like all sorts of other cool <laughs> stuff, but basically the, the whole point I'm trying to make here is that, uh, this is a beer made with the right ingredients. I'm not adding yeah. vanilla extract and, you know, right. I'm not just throwing whatever yeah, so coffee have beans fake flavors. Yeah. The point is that it's, uh, it's whole ingredients and, um, it's all about contact time and technique and yep. getting those flavors into well, the I, beer. I think you get what you pay for. That absolutely yeah. I mean, like, this coffee is it's, it, like very expensive. Like I was selling, and I mean, like I was selling it at the retail price that the coffee shop sells it for. It's it was uh, I think it was about twenty bucks for a hundred grams. Wow. Yeah. And uh, and I oh. used <laughs> coffee in this like quite yeah. a bit in this beer. Well, this beer is absolutely delicious. Yeah. Thank it's you. A, yeah. It's it's yeah.
3: deadly. Like I, uh, I'm I'm very happy with it. It's it's funny too because you say they're too different salads but there's so much different flavor coming off both yeah. of them which yeah. the same base
1: beer that's yeah. just been treated differently after Mike, know, during Mike, storage right mike's
3: gonna kick his ass for not being here
1: oh. yeah well, well he's got he's got uh, yeah he doesn't have one of these at home yeah and i he know. Really missed really it not. this weekend
3: because <laughs> he was hiking yeah we'll yeah. see
2: maybe i'll be able to help him out <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I, no I, help I, uh, me out
3: i didn't get any either <laughs> i showed up <laughs> but
2: that's the other the other interesting thing that actually that i wanted to touch on is that um it's two, 2% less strong. Yeah. yeah. And that is 100% just a difference from the barrel. That's, That's crazy. amazing. Eh? So, these barrels, when they come in from the barrel broker, I buy them from a few different barrel companies that basically work with different distilleries to gather all their barrels together in a warehouse and then they sell them to third parties right. like me. Right. Um, so you want them they, fresh, you ones don't arrive, want them sitting too long. Yeah, when they arrive, they still have like a liter or two of bourbon in them. Yeah, because you don't uh, want that barrel drying out, exactly. or it loses its yeah. value, right? And I have worked with some brokers, and I've received some barrels that were dry, and they still and smell they wonderful. Well, they don't leak. They're not like bone dry. They're just like not, like they don't have a puddle in them. Okay. And, uh... These ones, for both of these beers, the barrel was wet, where it had, like, a, you know, nice. a liter plus in there. Nice. Um, I was able to, like, rotate the barrel over and sample bourbon, <laughs> like, cask-strength <laughs> bourbon straight from the barrel, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, um, nice bonus. Interestingly, though, the one of them ended up being 12%. The other one is 14%. I think both beers went into the barrel around 11 and a half. So we can
1: assume that one of the barrels had um, more whiskey soaked into the wood than the other one.
2: That's exactly it. Yeah, they're both emptied. You know, a few weeks before I receive them, they get emptied and sent to the broker that day. The broker usually sends out an email blast saying, like, who wants these barrels? Yeah, and then me, being eager, is like, hey, (laughs) I'll take it. Yeah, please send me a bunch. Um, (laughs) But that's that's. That's a big you know when you talk about like you get what you pay for. I'm using these crazy barrels. like I'm spending a lot of money to get these yeah. barrels here to get this quality of barrel is not easy like you it's It's pretty easy so, to get you know just a heaven hill barrel or whatever. right right it's,
1: that first use is where you're going to get the maximum yep. yield out of that yep. barrel. Um, have you considered um, working with a local distiller and maybe swapping barrels back and forth um, in the future? I've thought about it.
2: Yeah, I I haven't pitched it to anyone yet, but I've thought about it. I'm treating them right now as single-use barrels. So I'm I'm, 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 essentially, it's a single-use vessel. I'm I'm, uh, soaking the beer in there for a year or whatever it's been, and then uh, pulling it out when I think it's ready, and I'm not refilling them. Because I can tell you right now,
1: if a local distillery here, like, say, Mad Lab or whoever... If they put some whiskey, some Canadian whiskey, rye whiskey, whatever, into one of these barrels that just had these stouts in them, that would make a lovely product.
2: It it would, it, it
1: would be quite. Great.
3: You you yeah. know what's cool about that thought? Just gonna elaborate a bit. But if you are working out at House of Funk, mm-hmm. you have so many that are close to you, and yeah. it'd be like oh a God. cool collab, a, a cool collab thing to do. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. If their barrels are up to the standards, yeah, I mean, yeah. Because I know. Oh, fuck, this beer is so good. <laughs> hey, thanks. Thank you. Yeah. Um, saying that, segue,
1: mm-hmm. new beer. We're going to go to the red one now?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what? We're not.
1: Really? We do the red. No, one we first. already drank that. We're no, we did go the red one. Blue. We'll do the blue one. Blue, we're, and then
2: we're going to finish with So the release one. number two. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to so, I'm gonna take a quick break. So, release
1: number two is the Cosmic Syzygy, barley wine aged in Caribbean rum barrel. Uh, Brewed with a double Mm. mash, boiled for eight hours to achieve intense caramelization. Uh, We're looking at 14.03. I would just round that off and call it 14. And uh, yeah, this is release number two. Also 500 bottles released. I like
3: I like the point zero three. Fun. You know, nice. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm it's, telling it's, you the nobody does that counts, they, right? The
2: government cares about this sort of thing when it comes to because it's technically like a, spirits. Ten of a percent. That you're I think concerned it's about? because it's spirits. I actually have to label it to at least oh uh, to at least one decimal place, really? and I and I have the accuracy of two. So I figured Why not? you know it actually makes a difference when I go to pay my tax because I'm paying uh, like a based per-rated rate based yeah. on the percentage. And so <laughs> if I was to say it was fourteen point zero. Uh, I guess 14.03, I'm paying more than I have to. Right, right. <laughs> but uh, one of them is like, you know, 12.37. And if I said 12.4, then I would be paying more than I <laughs> right. You know. uh So these things, you know, they matter. And I also think it's pretty sweet to, you know, I I think I'm the, I might be the only brewery that has a spirits license in BC. I know Twin Sales did. um, Because really? they have, yeah, they have put out beers that, they over, do an nice distill or something. No, they've they've put out No, their um, anniversary they do beers in this style. They have anniversary stouts that right. are in the Oh, uh, dude, they're insane. I that's water, I'm good yeah. Something over 11.9. Yeah, yeah. So they've put oh. out some beers that are 14% that are quite lovely. Oh, um, uh, they're so good. And but, but so they're the only other one, I think, um, that has the ability to make beers in this range. Uh, so yeah, but anyway, I don't know if they still do. The license is a is a I'm pretty
3: uh-huh. sure they did cuz um, they normally do like their 6th anniversary just passed and they did 6 beers and some were barrel aged high percent. I think one was called Gold Foil. I don't know how high it was but it was like a Ferrero Rocher mm-hmm. fucking uh
2: yeah, hazelnut. Hazelnut yeah. stout, yeah. barrel aged, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. One. Yeah. So anyways, so they have they have the ability to do beers like that as well. Um and but it's not a essentially not a common thing. You're not going to find breweries even across Canada there might only be a couple
1: so this one's interesting the color is noticeably lighter yeah I mean it's it's still a dark dark brown um but it's it's not as black and it's not red around the
2: edges like the other one that's
1: or right the other ones yeah this is a little lighter so yeah. what what is this one again
3: Sorry. Barley wine yeah so okay, it's barley it wine
2: aged in a Caribbean rum barrel it's actually a you can old, smell the rum I can smell yeah it's the rum. an old Appleton's barrel so everyone's familiar with Appleton's oh yeah common rum uh, but it's... My it's, mom's uh, favorite. <laughs> I believe it was 12-year Appleton's. So it's like oh, the, the bougie stuff. The fine Appleton's. Yeah, finer know, yeah. Appletons. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. it's not the... I think regular Appleton's is four or six years um, age. Oh. And that makes a big difference in the rum. It has a lovely aroma. Yeah. So anyway, so this barley wine, for a lot of people, this kind of came uh, a bit out of left field. Because a lot of people, when they, when they hear barley wine, they think a very sweet... Um, you know, syrupy concoction. Well, it
1: depends on what you're talking about. It could be yeah. English barley wine, it could be American yes. barley wine. Yes, yeah, and wine. this is
2: definitely, I should know. this is definitely English-style English barley wine. I'm not, a, I'm not an American-style barley wine kind of guy. Um, that is kind of, you know, if you're going to brew an American barley wine, you might as well just brew a triple IPA, in my opinion. Yes, yes. Yeah. You're and, exactly right. Yeah. And we have, we have American barley wine already locally. We have um, Old Cellar Dweller, which for a while at least was a single malt, single hop beer, um, and that it was—it's just not really my thing. No, you know, it's not. Nothing wrong with it. It's just not. I prefer kind of the caramelly. The, the whole point of an English brother one is the caramelly, toasty kind of sweet, dried fruit, dried fruit, and, and leather and tobacco and, yeah. and all that fun goodness. Um,
3: well, you're saying that i just smelling it, yeah. and I'm picking up like so many of those things you were talking about Yeah, the first
1: thing you get is rum but there's so much going on well there's rum
3: no there's like dried fruit there's there's fucking you
1: get the fruit you get the earthiness you get that caramely oh definitely caramely
3: that's like that's popping in my nose
2: and so so that a a lot of that carameliness is is due to the malt um rather i mean part Mm. of it is the caramelization and i'm using caramelization in in air quotes a bit because calling it such like we Talk mm-hmm. briefly about is maybe a misnomer um, because it can't without a direct fire, fire kettle get a, oh, a, a, a really lot of caramelization. Tasting. But um, but yeah, uh, this is this is my barley wine. Um, it's it's sweet. I believe it finished around ten Plato. Um, it so is sweet. It yeah. has a, it's it's syrupy, and yeah, you're definitely way. picking the sweetness up. But not but still, you know, not as sweet as a lot of barley. There's
1: wine. no there's it finishes with some bitterness, so it, it's balanced in the end. Yeah, And you get a little bit of that tanginess that I'm guessing is coming from the
2: uh, the uh, crystal malt. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's no crystal malt in this. No, no crystal malt. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some toasted malts. Um, okay, that I used from. Uh, so I have a a malt supplier in Oregon called Mechagrade grade that I work yes. with. Yes. Um, I love that. Expensive, them. Yeah, organic,
1: blah, blah, blah. Yes. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, <laughs> I love I
3: how they're... many suppliers you have.
2: <laughs> well, you know, I find the best, right? That's what I'm saying. That's, yeah. that's the whole point I think I like to try and get across is like, I spend so much time thinking about and making yeah. these things the way I want to make them. And um, I'm not afraid to go find you know, like these guys, I think are fifth generation farmer malters. Um, That's so cool. super they, nice people. They too, grow the malt themselves. They malt it themselves, and then they sell it. And it is very expensive. Yeah, I sent uh, them a <laughs>
1: message through social media, and they were so receptive, super yeah. friendly. They're like, "Come on down. We'll give you the full tour. The They're whole the works." Sweetest. And, and it's a family it's run
2: operation. Like I get emails, marketing emails, and it's from like the the sister of the malter <laughs> farmer, and his dad was the one who started the company, or maybe it was his grandfather. Yeah. Like it's it's a family operation. They're wonderful people um, and yeah they they grow some great malt mm-hmm. and so this was uh, an exploration of two of their uh, darkest malts which are toasted oh. but not they're not like a crystal malt they're just like a very toasted malt yeah i believe one of them's t- uh it's, they're called opal 22 and opal 44 so i believe it's 22 and 44 srm Yeah, the um, Lava bond or srm um and they describe them as having very like graham cracker Toasted marshmallow, oh, okay. you know, notes yeah, kind yeah. of cocoa, but not chocolatey and not caramelly. Um, and so, this beer, if I'm my memory serving me correct, is almost. Uh, I believe it's like eighty-ish percent Maris Otter. Excuse me, nice. um, which is the traditional M-O base malters English base. Yeah, English base malt. It's um. It's an it's a great base malt. Very full, like kind oh, of I love it. Good pale malt. Just the regular one, not the floor malted, right? This was floor malted because oh, really? I shell out for
1: the good stuff. So while well, the floor malted <laughs> has a little bit of a different flavor, it does,
2: and I, but I, it's, it's usually a little bit grassier, is what I find with floor malted um, versus kind of the the more what is it the normal the (laughs) non-floor yeah the (laughs) non-floor mechanically (laughs) malted yes yeah that's right the drum malted version (laughs) um and i chose to go with floor malted for this uh because it's more because it's because it's more and also because it's i've like you know uh, between the two of them i prefer the floor malted Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh and then the all of the the color you're seeing comes from the boil because when it went into the kettle it didn't look this dark really because I boiled it for eight wow. hours. So when I when I'm oh, talking yeah. about an eight hour boil, I'm talking about going from almost thirty heck of beer to almost twenty <laughs> heck of beer. I'm essentially boiling off you're like concentrating a third it. of it. So, it's yes. not... so this was the first one that I did that wasn't a reiterated mash. I was talking about that mash yes, process where I the double mash where I, you're sparging with yes, mash water. Yeah, yeah. So this one I'm uh, this one is two separate mashes with their own water, no no reuse of water. Yep. Um, but I'm only taking the first runnings and a First only runnings, no sparging. Small amount of sparge, okay, uh, and then that gets me to thirty heck with two mashes, Yep. and then I just boil, boil it for, the crap out of it, yeah, boil it for eight hours, <laughs> and some of it was boiling for longer than eight hours, like while the second mash was happening. So so technically, right, it's probably right. like like half of it was essentially boiled for ten hours, and you start heating it. the second you start transferring, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah, and then once that gets up to boil, I just let it boil, yeah, because yeah. I'm looking for evaporation and con- yeah. uh, condensation. Uh, our concentration well, damn, right? it had and to so be yeah. foggy in there that day, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was uh last summer, and it was I, to my memory quite foggy mm-hmm. uh but it ends up being a very long day, and that was no kidding, you know i don 't mind brewing for seventeen hours if it means I do it. I did it seven times, and then uh, I don't have to brew again for you know years, right? Yeah. So, like that first stout batch, I started that at seven a.m. and I left after midnight. Wow, it was, it was miserable, and oh I my like God. I was like, and and I also I've had brew
1: days like that, but yeah. not on purpose. And on top <laughs>
2: of that, at the very end, uh, some technical issues cropped up. I ended up not getting the full yield out of the kettle. Wow, and so I at after midnight, I was like, you know, I just need to this is not happening. I've got, I got like 15 heck out of 20 heck. And that was all I own. So I lost, a, 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 almost a third of it oh, to, uh, to some issues that cropped up, but learned from that and, uh, made some adjustments. And anyway, yeah, this is barley wine and I love barley wine. I think no one really brews barley wine. Um, not a lot of people do. Well, yeah. a few people do, but I'd say it's a once a year kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, once a year kind of that, that, thing. Right. It's also one off, you know,
3: or it's... if
1: you're Red Racer, it's once every five years or yes. yeah.
3: <laughs> Well, I know our boy Kevin brews one pleasure greed. He does yeah. that yearly. Yeah, yeah. I got some in my cellar. Yeah, it's yeah. a and yearly thing. Not, a, it's an year-round. expensive thing to brew. And well, you know? at, my, Mike again, yeah, he, he has a bottle of this too, so he's happy yes. as a pig in shit because those are his. I don't know if this is
1: big enough and
2: heavy enough for him yeah this he'll like it too drinkable
3: yeah, yeah no yeah. no it's definitely drinkable uh, yes. Too
2: drinkable at 14 percent, right <laughs> well for my, <Mike>, but <laughs> that's a, the thing i think that that's where it came out of left field for a lot of people is that it's it's big and it's sweet and it's strong um but it's not over the top it's not it's, it's not overpowering yeah yeah yep.
1: i can i can this isn't just a sipper
2: i could sit here and like drink this yeah 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 I've, I've that's the
3: problem drank too
2: much it. <laughs> But so, yeah, that's and that's the thing. It's you know, this is kind of like all of the things I brew, this is kind of my take on it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm choosing to not add lactose to any of the beers I make. I'm choosing to kind of um I guess let it be what it will be mm-hmm. based on the, the flavor I get from adding lactose. And let them like, finish you know, fermenting, right? Exactly. Let it all finish fermenting, let it sit, let it do its thing. Um and, yeah, this is, this is my take on barley wine. I think that this will it's go good. some interesting places. There's some bourbon barrels I have full of this beer that are oh, tasty. Oh, 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 <laughs> fuck these. yes, please. Uh, now you're talking. I'll take eight. Yeah, well, the <laughs> rum's nice, but I think the
1: bourbon might be better. Yeah,
2: that, and that's the thing. I also, I also chose to start with rum uh, knowing it would be kind of divisive. And uh, I thought it'd be interesting to mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. throw that out there as the the introduction of this bar of the wine because like I said when it we definitely it's really good I one, it's I like
3: definitely it. good too because you get more sugar in like rum yeah, so. yeah it's got a sweeter taste yeah. to it yeah. yeah um can I switch it up a little bit because yeah. I just wanna ask you about so you've done what now four out of container four out of container 500 bottles per release yeah
2: it's actually less but it's about that <laughs> well the bottle says yeah. it so well, 500,
3: 500 don't listen to him 500 yeah. ish <laughs> <laughs> um do you We're plan kidding. to have another couple coming to the void series or are you gonna yeah. switch it up
2: no i'm i'm gonna continue going i mean like like i'm uh kind of saying i i filled all the barrels and i'm trying to get on a cycle i'm trying to get on a three-week cycle it might be cool. a month and i will have a release every three weeks, Killer. every month for the next, like, two years. That's awesome. Perfect. Yeah. Okay, so, there's, so there's a lot of barley wine and a lot of imperial stout. Um, and also other things. I have a, a quad that is so large oh. that I'm, I'm calling it a quint.
4: Oh, <laughs>
2: Jesus. Um, now you got my attention. And that's, and that's all port and brandy barrels. Oh, my um, goodness. It's in uh, cognac barrels. Oh, my um, goodness. Um, yeah, so that that's one of the things. There's uh, Adam Beer. I was uh, speaking to you earlier before we turned the mics on about um, Hair of the Dog. Adam yeah. and how I love Hair of the Dog. They just closed down or something. Well, didn't they're they? not they're not done yet. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. They're closing down this summer. Yeah. Uh, Adam's that's or so not. Sad. Alan is retiring. The, yeah. Uh, and nobody brewer. wants to buy it or take it. Well, over. no, it's not even that. He just doesn't trust anyone. He's like, this well, is yeah, my brewery. Yeah, yeah, this is my yeah, baby. It's his brand it, name. He I, I think that one day, if I retire, if I if I make it. <laughs> uh, let's say I probably have like a good thirty year run and yeah, I'm in yeah. my you know I'm in my sixties uh I probably will just shut just it shut her down I'll see where I am in thirty years maybe right. I'll look back on this podcast and uh and uh, okay. shake my fist at my younger self but no I, uh, Alan Alan Spirits at Hair of the Dog is I, I feel like he's a kindred spirit to me in that he cares a lot about what he's doing and oh, he definitely. doesn't trust someone else to and do he's it. always he's done it. very odd things yeah, and gone against stuff. the industry and yeah.
1: I mean I remember visiting uh, one of his earlier locations in Portland where he had his hemispherical kettle and yeah, he's, he's he was making weird equipment and, yeah, and he he's makes making, weird beers making things like Greg that yeah. had squash in them and yeah, stuff like that fermenting yeah.
2: things in a big concrete Just amazing egg. yeah like, what a, what a weird great guy and but anyway shout out to him uh for i brewed sure. i brewed an adam beer in in his honor yeah. so i i uh his 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 uh recipe for hair of the dog adam is has been a public recipe for homebrewers for years and right. So i tweaked it a little bit and i uh, actually talked with him a little bit about it <laughs> nice um and yeah yeah it's it's tasting great i don't know my my point is yes sorry you asked me um if this is just a a few beers it's no. it's not it it's will massive series. it will probably it's a massive series and this uh, there's a reason i put like uh the infinity? number the beer number out of infinity why yeah. of infinity it is it is like technically a limited thing i'm not sure where i'll go with it um as i'm emptying things i'm thinking to myself you know i could do um like refill them with something like a brown ale or something to <laughs> yeah. get some ba- there's plenty of barrel, car- barrel character left in there <laughs> but uh but no, as of now, the plan is just to empty those barrels and that will be it. But that might take more than two years at this rate. Because right. it's this is four beers uh, from four barrels out of 60 barrels. Nice. So that's whatever. I'm th- uh I have thirteen fifteenths of my beer left. <laughs> I don't do fractions, but yeah. that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've got lots left.
3: That's awesome, man. Yeah, I'm and excited to hear that because from what I've tried out of the first three oh. that we've already done is like I'm amazing. I'm coming back and back and back. Thank you. And I have a lot of friends that have gone down and waited in line for the re- release. Oh
1: well, it, I had one that walked
3: right past Warren. Don't share That's the right. secret. <laughs> don't no? share the Can't secret. Tell the trade secret. No.
1: Nobody listens to this. All right,
3: just fucking walk, walk inside, get a table. They'll serve you beer, and they will offer you Tristan's awesome yeah. bottles. Yeah, you don't have and to you wait don't have to wait in line. In line. That's yeah. that's
2: something I trade know, secret. I, I go back and forth on how You're welcome. To, I, I just don't know how to explain that to people because I I put it in my posts. You know, I say, hey. If you're coming down and you want to drink some draft beer, you don't have to wait in line. You can just right. come right in if there's space in the tasting room. Unless the, be- the tasting room's at capacity. The best off. part is, right.
3: though, like we shouldn't have ruined it because it makes it look so much more oh hype when you have a line yeah, down the street. The People are walking by. They're like, what yeah. is this? You're like, it's beer release. like, oh, okay. Well, I was I'd just walking my dog, but uh, I'll stay in line. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it. People love to line up for things. Yeah. It's not like it, it's... Have you seen Disneyland? <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's, I'm, I'm happy that people come down and line up for it. It's, I mean, this is like. I had a guy who was there um, this past release. He got there at like eight a.m. and I didn't pull <laughs> like up until like ten something. But, you don't but start the, till noon
1: or one or exactly
2: something, noon. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I, I pull up around like Jesus. ten forty-five, eleven yeah. to just to I've got it already. But I just have to kind of organize it a little bit. Uh, but he was there and and he was stoked. He's from Montreal and he said, "What? Well, that's the thing. So this is a, in in the in the states and in Eastern Canada, beer releases are more of a thing. Right, and people." Right. You know, line up the day before for other half what? beer and treehouse. Like, oh people would go God. out the day before. I've been
3: out to Goose Islands thing where they do their Bourbon County, yeah. even though it's owned by AB whatever. It- Fucking people come people and they got the little tickets and yeah, stuff. The yeah, beer's good actually after before. a few years. <laughs>
2: or like they line up at like this. The the French man from que- Quebec. He was telling me he lines up at 6 a.m. for some beer releases. Insane. And, and I was like, you know, I love that man. Like, thanks it's for Vancouver, coming down. I'm sorry. And that. he was like, he was like, I started to worry. Like, it wasn't the right day. And I was like, no, no, no. I was like, no, <laughs> no man. It's just like it's Vancouver and, and and you know it hasn't quite hit here yet. Like it's Vancouver. Well, when you say yeah. noon, people yeah. show up at 11:30. Like I'm making some special beer. I've put a lot of time and effort into this. I appreciate you coming out, and like, I appreciate everyone who comes out. And, but, like, if I was making these beers in Eastern Canada or in the States, I would have a line, you know, much longer. Crazy, that's just the way yeah. it is, you know.
3: I've, I've actually got up at six and got taken a day off work to get beer in
2: Vancouver, so it or Squamish. Well, I can beat I've you. Got, huh. I can beat you. Well, it's not gotten, a competition, uh, Tristan. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm just I've trying got, to prove <laughs> Warren wrong. I've gotten up at 6 a.m. to drive down to Seattle for a beer release and come back and then work that (laughs) evening. Wow. um, Because I was so stoked about it. The beer in that specific scenario was a a beer from Fremont, two different beers that were aged in, like, 30-year-old bourbon casks. They were, like, very special – very intense bourbon. So,
3: so you saw the word barrel, and we're like, "Fuck yeah, we're going." Yeah. It was weird <laughs>
2: explaining it. Uh, it was it was kind of weird explaining it to the the border guard. <laughs> I was like, like, "What are you going down for?" I'm oh, I'm going beer. down for a beer release. And then and then when you're coming back, they say like, uh, "Where'd you go?" I was like, "Oh, I drove to Seattle." They're you know, like, "How long were you there?" I was like, uh, "About hour? half an hour." <laughs> yeah, and uh, and what'd you get? I was like, oh, "This these four bottles of beer." And they're like, "You went down there to get." Four bottles of beer. I'm yes, like, yes, and they were thirty dollars each. Now they want to
1: take the car apart to find the packages yeah. of cocaine and yeah. stuff.
2: Yeah. That's right? right.
3: Yeah, you get the cavity search. Yeah, <laughs> no, they. they but they, it, was <laughs> it. Yeah, it was still worth it.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was still worth it. The beer was wonderful. Uh, anyway. Wow. Yeah.
3: So. um what, what do you got coming out for uh, out of House of Funks next? Is it going to yeah, be the Saison? The, well, this, the Saison will be the first beer. Is there anything Beautiful. else you and can let us know about?
2: Yeah, there's – well, I'm kind of – I'm kicking into the fruit beers again. So that's kind of what I'm known for. That's what got me to um, my prestigious – I was for a while number one in Canada uh, on wow. Untapped. So You'll get that back soon. Uh, well, I don't know if I will. I, I know I know the folks who are ahead of me, and they make some good beer. So it's it's okay. We I'm can talk shit about though. them. Nah, it's not <laughs> kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> We can talk about Brassud du Bas Canada because they <laughs> make some beer I don't like, but that's okay. Uh, no, it, it the sour mixed culture, fruited, wild ales, that sort of thing is what yep. I'm known for. Yep. Um, this dark beer series is kind of a branching out and an expansion that I've always intended upon doing. Um, Fantastic. But yes, from House of Funk, the Saison will be the first beer. Uh, from there, well, there will, there will always be Saison, um, which is a a, a yes. motto I should put on a shirt or something. Yes. Um, but. God, I hate you too. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I'll but i be kicking into some fruited stuff. I mean, like I was saying, I, I, I can't remember ones. if we had the mics on when we were talking about this, but I had uh, some fruited mixed culture beer. I've had beer on peaches since last... Well, I no, actually, sorry, the, I misspoke. The peach one is bottled like this, ready to go. Uh, so that'll be the second uh, release from House of Funk is a uh, mixed culture peach saison. Nice. Um, oh, but then we get, into, we get into cherries. I have a special, like a farmer who... Uh, He's a friend of, of mine who grows Belaton cherries. Yeah, Of course, you have yeah. a farmer well, that <laughs> grows Belaton cherries. O- he's the only farmer I know, of the farmers I know, who grows this weird Hungarian variety in the Okanagan. And he's a wonderful man. Um, and uh, uh, some other breweries use his cherries, I've kind of turned some people onto his fruit. He's great. Um, I've made some beer with his cherries that's come the closest, kind of like a, I measure myself against uh, Craig, Creek beer, like proper yeah. Belgian Lambic Creek. And uh, I've come the closest to Creek when I'm using his cherries. So. I think Gary really?
3: uses those cherries in that beer, too. <laughs> oh, really?
2: Yeah, it, maybe. Are those the cherries Gary uses in his sour cherry? I, it might be. Depends if he's that'd buying them from, uh, from my boy John at tough Orchards. That'd be funny if he did, because that mean, would mean I, he's even
3: closer to a creek. That's why. It would be so <laughs> funny if that was who I'm thinking of. Well, I,
2: I love creek and I love lambic. And I also, I'm a man of uh, the duality of man. I love creek, lambic, and, uh, and goose, but I also love barrel-aged stout and barley wine. <laughs> right. You're just
3: right. like me then, dude. Yeah. I That's, don't hate. I participate.
2: You, exactly. You Got to participate. I'm, I'm, I, and I also love IPAs. I well, love dude, all beers. There's all,
3: all beer has a sense in a place. Like yes. inside, Like sometimes you just it's like seasonal beers yes. or like weather yeah, beers yeah, yeah. or like
1: having a having an intense barley wine on a smoking hot day in August. Maybe not my first thing I want to do. No yeah.
3: campfire around but fucking yeah, Halloween at night when
1: things are cooled down. Fireworks, so barley yeah. wine all day. You bet.
2: So. Yeah. That's a, that's a decent segue to the last beer we're doing, which is the this one's got wax a light
1: uh, purple
2: or lilac wax on it. Lilac, that's a that's, I'm gonna call it lilac from <laughs> now on. That's exactly what it is. It's it's lilac colored wax. Looks purple um, to me. So this is uh, <laughs> we talked an we, we talked a little bit about how I want to kind of introduce people to the styles of beer I'm brewing in a yes, um, like unbastardized by adjuncts way. <laughs> yeah, <Or it's laughs> them, just ease a them si- into it. It's a single barrel packaged, you know, just this way. This yep. one is, um, excuse me, in that vein, um, this is a Munich wine, um, which is Munich. something I, I won't be angry if you've never heard of or tried.
1: Now, uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is this, uh, it, anything like a, like a wheat wine. So, it's
2: it's closer to barley wine. Um, it's uh, it's kind of... It's essentially a barley wine brewed with Munich malt as the base. Oh, okay. Instead, okay. Of, yeah, yeah. instead of Instead uh, of Maris. So water. you use Marist Munich water.
1: malt as the base?
2: Well, so I use uh, the Munich style malt from Mechagrade, which is their... They call it Metolius. Okay. Um, and I'm sure there's some significance to that name. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I... Basically, so we'll move even a little bit further back. Uh,
3: no, keep talking. Just uh, like that. This. <laughs> this. Okay. Okay. trying to take a picture. Sorry. Um, Social media guy being an <laughs> asshole. To,
2: no, no, no. It's all good. To move a little bit further back. So Munich wine is a sub-style of barley wine. Okay. Uh, not really a thing, but kind of trying to make it a thing. Yeah. Um, the man behind it is uh, Brad from Private Press Brewing, which is a brewery in California. He runs a similar project to this dark beer project I'm running, where it's essentially all dark, all strong barrel-aged beers. Um, He went whole hog on it and did the kind of like member-exclusive thing, where you only can get his beer if you're a club member. There's only a certain number of memberships. Very exclusive. Very exclusive. Um, I was lucky enough to try it, because a a good friend of mine uh, went to Brews for New Avenues, and bid on and won the entire set of his beer and <laughs> shared them with me. That's awesome. Um, but that was the first and only Munich wine I've tried. But anyway, I've been I've been really tuned into what Brad's doing. I think it's super cool. Um, he is making a lot of strong mixed culture, or not mixed culture, sorry, very strong, very clean barrel-aged beers. And Munich wine is essentially his invention, I would say. Yeah. Uh, there's some other breweries that have made them since that. but uh, And I've talked with him... Uh, we've had some back and forth about the recipe that that he does because yeah, and he's keen to try mine, which is cool. Lovely.
3: Well, this is interesting because I've never tried one. So. Yeah.
2: Well, I'll get into what you're smelling because there's something you're smelling that's very intense. So um, this is um, that isn't a normal Munich wine thing.
1: For the listeners, this is release number three of uh, the Void series. This is Liminal Space. It's uh, a blend of Munich wine aged in Buffalo Trace and Brazilian Ambarana barrels intoxicating wood aromas fused with expressive bourbon brewed with a double mash and a six-hour boil amberana barrels what's Ambarana?
2: yeah so that's what I was was going to get to so um, I am the Ooh. proud and lucky yeah. owner of the only Ambarana barrel in Canada amberana is a type of wood he's um,
3: smiling okay. immensely as he says this oh, I'm very stoked about it it's <laughs> get get, like, awesome a
2: cinnamon off the nose yeah yeah here. so this is the yeah, only the barrel in my entire so collection spicy. that's brand new so Oh. All of the other barrels are from uh, wineries distilleries yeah, they've been used once they've been used at for least. something. This one is from a cooperage in Brazil and it's uh ambarana is a type of brazilian hardwood. Yeah. It's. Uh, I looked into this. It is ethically harvested. It's not like it's they're cutting down the rainforest to make yeah, these barrels. Okay, so you don't need to go um, and protest yeah, in front of his yeah, place. Yeah, uh, But it's it's uh, in Brazil. They use ambarana. Uh, they age cachaca on it, which is a type of uh, basically sugarcane spirit. Okay. Um, they it's similar like to rum. similar to rum in a way, I guess. But it's but it's a Brazilian specific mm-hmm, thing. Mm-hmm. Um, fermented sugarcane cachaca is aged in ambarana barrels traditionally, hmm. and so it has this. Insane aroma. It's uh, it's like cinnamon, vanilla, nutmeg, gingerbread, all yeah, put together, and kind nutmeg, of, and also that's cake. What I'm it just smells like cake, um, dude. That's fucking nutmeg. It's nuts, right? It's <laughs> fucking. Funny. And so, and what you're not getting like, the vanilla in the background, but like that smell, like will fill this room. Like if you leave this room Damn. and come back in, you will smell how potent this beer is, this and that's beer, at fifty percent strength. I blended this back. Oh, that's how strong it the barrel was. gave it because the much barrel character. was too much character. Yeah. Wow, so. I cannot wow. fully express how much I love this barrel. It's it's a special, very piece. interesting. Um, okay, so well,
1: I guess the good part is that moving forward, anytime you do use that barrel again, it's going to be subdued a little. Well,
2: more. a little bit, but it, it honestly it will it will keep kicking for a very long time. Really, like eh? it's because yeah, this this wood has a lot to give. Very and I, interesting. And, and like when it eventually does start chilling out, like I I have the cooperage knowledge to take the barrel apart and like. Uh, Shaved shave down, down and then uh-huh. put it back together uh-huh. and throw another beer in it. I'll, okay. I'll even toast it again. because I know how to do that, <laughs> dude. Um, you're, you're like yeah. becoming
3: my new favorite
2: barrel hero. Well,
3: Cooper is it's fucking a giant dude. Fucking I'm an art man. No, it All is. So people know one, thing, make a one thing one thing that you're,
2: you'll learn about me if you didn't already know, I'm a very specific man, uh, and and I care a lot about the things I do. And so, I, well, I can yeah. tell
3: by the the way you brew your beer and yeah. just like your your knowledge is meticulously fucking. So the, like good, thank uh, you. fucking <laughs> the barrels and everything you is, talk about is well. Yeah. Like well, he's
2: passionate, right? I care a lot about it. Yeah, and, that, and, that's, and that's, that's, that's that's what, what I love to, seeing. Thank you. The I'm try, trying to the color uh, on this is fantastic. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, it's this beautiful kind of red. Yeah, orange, it's like brown, a it's halfway between the light, like a, um, dip- a light
1: brown ale and, yeah. a, and a
2: dark red ale. Oh, yeah.
3: You hold it up to light, you it's get that beautiful. Uh, Like orangey, browny, like reddish. Yeah, reddish.
2: It was a lot lighter. Call it gingery. So from so this this one, like I said, so I talked with Brad uh, from Private Press about the mash bill that he uses and how that works for him. Um, I chose to alter it a little bit Mm -hmm. um, because there's no style guideline for Munich wine because who brews this, mm-hmm. me and like six other people. So it's not in BJCP yet. No, it's not BJCP yet. That's I've right. never maybe, tried it. Maybe one day the BJCP will sanction it, but who knows? So
3: this day. is my favorite. Yeah, like this yeah. one the best. I've only tried well, it's one. It's almost like a yeah.
2: spiced barley wine, right? Like in right, a sense. That's kind of how, if if I had to sum up how how to describe this, I would say yeah, it's it's like a spiced barley wine. It, so it, the base Munich wine does not taste spicy like this. That's right, all barrel right. expression from the Ambarana. Well, it's funny because the
1: flavor is not quite as strong as the aroma. No,
2: the aroma is insane. Like uh, no, way different. To throw a quick anecdote about that. That barrel arrived to me um, at Container along with some other barrels and I put them on racks and it was a day when it happened to be kind of raining outside. Mm-hmm. In Vancouver? So barrel, yeah, so, exactly. Not a lot like classic <laughs> Vancouver, just a little bit. Yeah. And so uh, so I, the barrel got a little wet. I rolled it over into the warehouse where I store all my beer, um, not filled yet, just kind of put it in there to get it out of the rain until I was ready to fill it. Yeah. And uh, so it was a little bit wet. I could smell it, smell the wood. And the next day, I walked in on the other side of the warehouse, and this is like like a like fourteen thousand square foot warehouse. Like it's a big space where I'm storing stuff. And I walked in on the other side. I opened the door. I was like walking into a wall of this smell. Like it's like it is the most intense aroma from wood that I've ever smelled. Like I've smelled a lot of (laughs) barrels, and this like cinnamon, vanilla, nutmeg kind of like spiced. Desserty, I it's call amazing. it. Hey, I, you can kind of wrap it up and just say baking spice. It smells like baking spice.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can or, kind or of yeah. get that. Fall spice. Yeah, exact spice. Yeah. More yeah. fall. Yeah,
3: fall spice. Definitely yeah. with the nutmeg and the cinnamon. Yeah. Like reminds I mean, me of those like snickerdoodle cookies, kind of.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'd be mad if this was served beside a
2: pumpkin beer at a pumpkin ale fest.
3: No, well, then totally. I could kick the yeah. pumpkin beer over and drink this. Right there.
2: There's <laughs> been breweries that have made beer with Ambarana, um that have. Made like a pumpkin beer, and no. they've made it with pumpkins, but they've aged it on wood chips or in a barrel. So
3: now you're thinking about it. Well, maybe we'll see. We we'll said it.
2: If I was going to do a pumpkin beer, I don't know. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be your regular pumpkin. It'd be Greg. Well, I wouldn't. Expe- I wouldn't expect it to be. <laughs>
3: yeah. I, if you brewed a normal pumpkin beer, I'd have to like kick you out of <laughs> yeah, Vancouver yeah. area. Be like, what are you thinking? You got kidnapped by aliens? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Beam no. Me up. Yeah. This
2: anyway, is so really interesting. So this was my introduction to to everyone. Of my Munich wine base, um, yeah, I I chose kind of like the barley wine to go with a bit of a divisive approach of, you know, this isn't a really a true representation of exactly what the base beer is because right. with the barley wine you have the rum barrel which is kind of unique. Um, it's not like it's just a bourbon barrel barley wine which is tasting awesome and will be a thing soon. Um, this is not just bourbon barrel aged Munich wine; it's bourbon barrel aged Munich wine uh, blended with this Ambarana barrel no. aged Munich wine because. I wanted to incorporate that that sweet, sweet barrel into it. Um, can you imagine if it wasn't blended? Yeah, it was... Well, that's the thing. It was too strong. I mean, and be, really strong. And I'd, that's... To, I'd still drink it You probably. know, to <laughs> kind of to tie it up with a bow, like that's kind of the whole point of what I'm doing yes. with my barrel projects yes. and my business is I'm making beer with these techniques and ingredients that I consider to be the best of the best that I can get. Right. And I'm... Uh, Blending them together to build a final beer from the pieces that I have created. You know, it's mm-hmm. not... The Amber Anna barrel on its own was way too potent. Right. You have to blend that back with something. I chose to blend it back with a Buffalo Trace barrel, which is oh, Buffalo Trace is... Buffalo like a, Trace is a okay. Wonderful bourbon, yeah. Yeah. And, it, and uh, you know, it was, it was delicious stuff on its own. It could have been its own beer. It would have been wonderful. I think that, you know, it works as a part. Well, of the, way
3: that, the way it turned out... I ain't mad at it. Yeah, no. it's probably it's probably a great blend.
2: But that and that's the joy of making like a 200 liter batch of beer. You know, you can. I have my own little tanks, and they're small enough that I can wheel them around without a forklift, which is nice. <laughs> I mean, I I do have to forklift them sometimes. I was gonna be like, just get a pallet jack. Yeah, yeah. Well, or pallet jack. Yeah, but but like they're they're small enough, and and I'm you know I'm packaging two or three hundred liters of these beers at a time. It's not a lot of beer, right? And. Uh, that's the joy of having a small company is that I can do these things and not, I can make it what I personally want it to be. And I'm not beholden to what I think will sell well. Right. Or what like, and people don't buy saison. Like I, I anticipate having trouble selling saison because I know brewers not who only to make Belgian and sour or Belgian and Cezanne style beer. Right. And, the market does not love Saison. The market loves IPAs and lagers and you tall bet. cans yeah, of yeah, beer. Yeah. And but here I am making 750s that's of Cezanne mixed culture Saison.
1: will appeal to anybody who goes to that farmhouse fest. Yeah. And it's not. I mean, that's a big group. Yeah. I mean, that thing sells out, and those people get crazy wild about that festival, right? So, oh, Farmhouse Fest. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Farmhouse Fest. Get yeah, your tickets absolutely.
2: If, if it's not sold out, it might be.
1: So anybody who goes to that is going to be a fan of yours, yeah. I would think.
2: Yeah. That no, I, know I, I, know I, would,
1: I would
3: say 100%. Yeah, I'll, would be, I'll right? know. Them, I'm, sure. I'm not a Saison guy. You know me. Right. And I fucking enjoyed the shit of that. It was yeah. proper dry. Oh, yeah. yeah. It had the flavors. Yeah.
2: Right? But so I mean, be, yeah, it. I don't know. What I'm like—that's uh, what I'm getting at—is like, you know, I don't really care if people don't like saison. I'm gonna make it anyway, <laughs> and, well, and I'm making right. such You're a small s- amount that it doesn't matter because I don't have to the sell. The people who do like it will buy it. Yeah, and I don't have to sell. You 20 like grand like Warren. A month of it, I you can sound sell like to Warren. Warren <laughs> <laughs> will buy it all. Oh, Damn, Warren! Right Warren that's all he yeah. does He's like whole brew episode.
3: Here's my new saison. Yeah, boom.
1: Been on the saison
2: kicks for like three years, man.
3: Saisons are wonderful. I love it. So. Can I just turn it a little bit on to you? So yeah. what is what is your uh
2: background? Like how did you get into bees. the industry? Yeah, well everything? yeah, Warren knows me from bees. Yeah. So I, I I would I don't know if I would say I got it. I guess I the got into the industry there. Yeah, so I, I lived in Langley. Um, I was working since my I think I was nineteen when I started working at a liquor Damn. store. Um, more than ten years ago, and <laughs> that's the age you have to be. Yeah, I was working <laughs> at a liquor store. Liquor stores and liquor store work is shitty. If oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 Loading People that fridge. Who work at a liquor store will know. Yeah. Um. But anyways, yeah, I was working for a liquor store. Um. And the company that I worked for is a, they own multiple liquor stores. Mm-hmm. Um. And they were opening. Well, they had this. They had this space that had a grandfathered kind of unique license in one of their liquor stores. Oh, was that how it? that worked? It was, grandfathered? was it, grandfathered in. It was the only one in the oh, province, or maybe there was one other. Really? Uh, one of a small handful, maybe only one of two. Interesting. Um, basically, it was a, a sub license inside the liquor store license yeah. to allow for wine tastings and such. Yeah. So they had this little wine tasting bar, uh, walled off and with a separate corner. entrance in the corner, and uh, and yeah, they. They decided they wanted to do something with it. I pitched to them, hey, why don't we do a craft beer thing? Mm -hmm. They said, you know, we could do that, but, like, do you want to be in charge of it? I was like... Hell yeah. Okay, uh, And this is me being, you know, I was probably like 22 or three. Uh, and so they, I don't know if they, they fully trusted me to manage it or run it. And they, and, and they were like, so they were like, there's going to be one other person. And, and so we, we interviewed a few people from other liquor stores. Basically they put out a call to all the liquor stores of their group. Yeah. I think there's 12 of them. Oh, okay. So looking for And they said, internally. we need someone else who loves craft beer to run this yeah. thing. Okay. Come in for like an open an interview sort and of thing. And keep trusting in check. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so and so they uh, they brought in Mike, who's a friend of mine, who was working at the White Rock Liquor Store, I think, at the time. And he, we were the co-managers of Bee's Craft Beer Lounge, which was uh, something that opened, I think, I want to say in 2016, might have been late 2015, mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and I was already into craft beer. Uh, I'd been to craft beer for a few years. I, I hadn't. I don't even think I'd started home brewing yet, but I was, I was definitely into it. And, um, yeah, it kind of settled in. We, we did some very mild renovations on the space to kind of make it look nice and then brought in uh, a bunch of beer from all the importers. And, uh, we would have, we had a bunch of bottles, cool craft beer bottles. We Mm -hmm. were the only place in Langley that had good craft beer and we would do bottles, uh, flights from bottles, a weekly flight, um, so I, it was my job to both order the beers, so, like, pick what beers we got and write up a uh, a full, like, detailed write-up of each beer for our flight list every week for right. 10 different beers that we would pour from bottles and then, you know, seal with these little resealable caps. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I worked there for a couple of years. And then I stopped working there. That was a pretty unique place. <laughs> it was a
1: very unique place. There was place. some really cool stuff going on there. Oh, very cool! Beer. A lot of the beer geeks kind of gravitated there. I was there several times. Um, I know my mom was there like weekly. Yeah, put, yeah. pretty much.
2: Yeah, sorry, um, Jackie and Don.
1: And I think at some point, uh, some of the brewers in the area probably started popping by, or yeah. vice versa. And
2: that's where uh, the owners of Camp Brewing met each other. Oh yeah, Kevlar and, I, and those guys. Yeah, exactly. Really, yeah. Dave, yeah. Dave. Yeah. Well, or Kevin well, and Dave, obviously Jamie. Kevin and Tammy were already married, but but that's where I think I think that's. I'm, I, they might correct me when they if they hear this but i think that's where kevin and tammy met dave who's their brewer really um at bees at bees and so we yeah we that's can go we, back you know? we've already podcast yeah. with them so yeah. we, boom we, 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 but like <laughs> you know that's what it's all about bees was bees <laughs> was all about kind of building i the, think they did
3: talk about the that because they, the cool they had the langley place. homebrew
2: club yeah, yeah we started well the langley homebrew club uh dave and i started so and like, so I'm yeah. actually still uh, like and the, Dave uh, still goes moderator, once in a while. yeah. But God, I, but I we started go that there. and that was uh, yeah. So we started the full barrel homebrew club, um, ah. and that was that was me and Dave and I think Brandon was the the third person that was like the, you know in charge. Cool. Um, I'm still a moderator and stuff, but I don't really participate. In it. I just don't have time. <laughs> but but anyways, yeah. So I lived out in Langley. That's my background. Uh, I started working at a liquor store, uh, went in, on to managing or co managing bees with Mike. Um, and went from there to working at Trading Post. I worked as their tasting room manager for the ah, first, yes. essentially, the first year they were open. Just really, of year. yeah, it was a, a whole year. Oh, I wasn't quite, quite a close year. to it. Yeah, something like that. It was like nine months or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was where I got some management That's experience. Like fourths. I was, I was manager at Bees, but I was in charge of just ordering beer and um, ordering beer and making flight lists, and that was kind of my duties okay. at Bees. Mike took care of some of the other important things uh, that managers do. Uh whereas at training post I, I was actually in charge of staff the lounge. And in the lounge and being in charge of, you know, events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I gained some good experience there. Um and managing people was something that I was like, yeah, hey, I can do this. Because I've had, you know, working uh, part-time jobs and stuff over the years, I've had a lot of shitty managers. And I was like, I oh, think yeah. I could be a good manager. And yeah, It's yeah. easy to find shitty managers. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so they hired me to do that. And, uh, and then after about, yeah, whatever it was, nine or ten months, um, I moved on and... Uh, moved to Vancouver because I was tired of living in Langley <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for a multitude of reasons. Well, that's yeah. before Langley became the next Brewer's Royal. That's right. I now, was going to yes. say,
3: and also, he wanted to spend more money on rent. Right. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: I really, really, really wanted to spend like two grand a month on it. Um, but yeah, no. My, my partner and I moved to Vancouver, and I started working at Lupulo. Yep. Uh, I started in the front at Lupulo, and I worked in the front for like six months or something like that. And then their brewer who, uh, not their head brewer, but their other brewer. The day-to-day <laughs> brewer. Assistant. Yeah. Well, not, I don't, I, I don't even know if I'd call him the assistant. He's just the brewer. Yeah, he's he just left. the bitch. The guy who does yeah, the work. The lead brewer, maybe. He left. And <laughs> no, then the I bitch. was hired to be the assistant brewer. Um, <laughs> okay. Based on, I think, my my passion for home brewing um, yep. and and such. I kind of expressed to them that I was interested, and they offered me that opportunity, which is something I'm forever grateful for. Um, And I think even before I had started pitching to them, before I knew that Stefan was leaving and that they would need an assistant brewer, I think I was already pitching to them that I wanted to do my own brewery. And I'd been talking (laughs) about it with people in Langley before uh, who were thinking about funding me to do this. And uh, I had a business plan. And yeah, after talking it over with the Loop guys, I... um, Ended up working in the back there, and not even I think three months after I was working in the back, might have only been two months, I brewed my first batch there. Nice for myself. Nice uh, with my own grain. I had my own barrels, um, brewed straight into the barrels, fermented in the barrels. Really, yeah, those are the first batches. Yeah, cool. Yeah, because I don't know, I didn't own my own tanks at yeah, the time, and so I have nowhere to ferment it. So I barrel fermented everything, That's kind and of I cool. still do barrel ferment all my mixed culture beers. Barrel fermented, cool. Um Yeah, and so, yeah, then I was uh, making my own beer there, also making their beer there for the next three or four years, (laughs) and uh, and early last year, things were kind of coming to a head with COVID, and also my business, where I'm emptying all these barrels, and they need the space back, and so it just comes down to, like, where do I want to go with it? Am I going to do something with it? You got to shit or get off the pot, you know? Like, I can't just do this weird in-between thing where I'm working for someone else, and sort of also working for myself, but like <laughs> on a part-time basis. And then I have all these barrels that are now empty that I've emptied over the past couple of years selling beer. You know, it's time to make a real thing of it. Yeah. And, uh, and I wasn't able to do that in my own warehouse location. And I don't know that I aspire to do that. Um... It almost happened, but because it didn't, it might be a good thing. That's how I feel. Yeah, yeah. It's like I I almost got roped into paying like 20 grand a month God, for the next five flawed. years plus. That's when forever. you start making the beers Oof. there it's like just to make a, money. Well, exactly. exactly rough. Exactly. I don't want to spend 20 grand a month. Right. I don't want to have to make enough beer to you, make 20 grand a month you right. just in beer.
3: T- 20 grand 12 times a year for five years right? is a f- fucking
1: yeah. shit
3: yeah. ton.
2: It's now you're ton talking
1: Kavik IPAs and horse I, shit. let like exactly. just get shit and out.
2: I, I just don't have an aspiration to make that much beer let alone try and sell that much <laughs> beer. I'd rather just be able to do my own you know, weird specific things yes. with the following I have, and you got a value-added uh, yeah. product. Exactly. Well, yeah, you get people that understand is... that. You know, like a beer like this, like the malt that went into this, I spent so much money. Never mind on the malt. It. I mean, that well, the twelve months the or more in the barrel. That. That's barrels, got money behind it too. And that Amberana barrel was like over a thousand dollars just it, for the barrel. Yeah, uh, you got to you know you got to make some of that back.
3: Well, you so. go over the top with your beers, like yeah, in, sure. in the good sense. Like I'm not trying to like it's over the top. But no, you go like over the top with the ingredients, the barrels, everything, and it all pays off because it definitely shows. shows. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able. He doesn't even know what we do at the end of this podcast. I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to be able to pick a favorite yeah. fucking beer of the night. <laughs>
2: that's true, right? Yeah, you got to but... pick one. Uh, no, <laughs> you do <laughs> yeah. in a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's that's a toughie. But that's I know. that's the Holy fun. Shit. That's the fun thing, you know. Like I, I really like, and I feel like I've done a really good job to kind of build um, this corner of the market for For sure.
1: And I don't, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head in BC that is direct competition with you. Yeah. It's people that are done a great job of carving out your own spot. Thank you.
2: And I, and I, I think I've carved out enough space for myself for For sure. I can, you know, I've, like I said, I've got years of releases like this ahead of me. Plus all the mixed culture, uh, fruited, sour and barrel fermented wild ale sort of things. Mm -hmm. I hate the term wild ale, but you know what I mean? Like that, that style of beer. Um, and I think that I can sustain that and see where I am in a few years. And if I still want to lease a building, you know, maybe I can find a brewery that's gone out of business and lease their building because uh, well, that might know. happen. Yeah. You never know. In With a the number days. of breweries in Vancouver right now, there's oh, probably yeah. a good chance yeah. that a few of them are going to go yeah. out of business. He probably hope years.
3: for one that's not in Vancouver, so it's cheaper. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I'm not,
2: and that's that's the other thing is like I'm not even hoping that anyone fails. I'm just no, it like, just happens really sometimes. I don't really want to lease a building like. Spend years renovating right. and waiting for permits and all right. that, and just be throwing money so you want away. So, a place where brewery's already been in and, exactly, and it's ready to yeah. go. I think that's that's my two options at this point. It's either find a place that is a brewery that yep. is, uh, I'm taking over their lease, or uh, find a warehouse immediately next door to a brewery. Like mm. something like I, uh, I've talked briefly about this with Four Winds. Right where there's a bunch of warehouse bays, lease a warehouse bay, and expand their production space into that warehouse bay. So I'm allowed to ferment things there and then ferment and sell things under someone else's license, but in my own space that I'm paying for. Right, right. Um, So those are, I think, my two options at this point. Hmm. And then the third option being continue to do these strange fermentation things that I do (laughs) at other people's spaces uh, indefinitely. I kind of like the nomadic thing.
1: It's kind of cool. Yeah.
3: Honestly, dude, like, so... I'm the Instagram nerd of of the podcast. I do the social media, For sure. and I talk to so many people online. And I've literally had people. In, I've got like beer group chats and shit. They're like, "Who's going to Container? Nice. Fucking, I need to pick this up. and who can <laughs> get me it? Because there's Gotta a lot of four. Can you get me fucking <laughs> at least one? Yeah, da da da. So people are getting out there to find you. I know we sent oh, yeah. we sent Warren. Down I picked there up. And he my picked four up each I, sh- I should
2: say this to both of you: if you want more than four, just let me know. Like I had I my wife it. with yeah, me, yeah, I could have yeah. got eight if go. I wanted. Yeah, all that's, good. The, that's all thing. good. I, if people are buying for other people, I have no issues selling them. It just eight does, You just or don't want to see any. selling on don't horse shit. Yes, like that. exactly. I don't want to see that horse shit. I yeah. don't want to see people. You know, I'm with you. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want people knowing that it's gonna sell out and buying like 20 bottles and being like, right. Like waiting at the end of the line and being like, "Those are sold out." You know, buy it for forty dollars from me. So that's when I come up and
3: drink one of those bottles, and then hit that guy in the head with it, and take nineteen of his bottles and give them out for free. But
2: when I say (laughs) when I say there's a limit of four, I would say it's like a soft limit for. People like that. Well, thanks,
3: Warren. Yeah. But if I could have had you some, some cellar. beer. What do you want? I wanted cellar beers. Yeah, gone, then. <laughs> no, if you're, if but you're <laughs>
2: buying beer for friends or something, I'm always happy to accommodate. And that goes. That probably goes for anyone listening. Like, if you just come up to me and say, "Hey, can I buy six? I have a buddy who's you know lives in Calgary that really wants two reach. Right. Yeah. Has right. no legs. I will sell you six. Like, I won't even blink. I will be there totally fine with that. Well, you, you know the good tree.
3: thing is too. Yeah. That's right. We did I'm happy reveal to a three. secret <laughs> earlier in the podcast, so don't skip through it, you assholes. Right, right. Reveal <laughs> the, the se- secret.
2: Right? Well, what was my secret? No, no. I went into
1: lunch and ordered beer. In into, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Do walk I mean, container.
2: Please do walk into container because you won't have to wait in line. Yeah, grab a you flight, drink and the beer and on tap. They'll
1: bring you the bottles, so you
2: can have some
3: container and get some temporal bottles. Yes, do it. And do you have? Do you ever have anything on tap at container or at House of Fun?
2: I do from the release. Um, nice. So you can go I,
3: in and try it while you're well, sitting there.
2: It might not be an all the time thing. It's just a, no. like, no, but I, I, I didn't mean on the, on the release. Limited. On the release day, I will always have a keg of each on tap. And really? it's not, sick. It's on not tap? a lot. Yeah, on tap. Yeah. It was on tap last, on the first really? and second release. Yeah. So I could
1: have sat, gone inside, sat yeah. down, had a, tried the beers in samples first. Well, eight ounce, ounce pours, but yeah, eight, eight ounces ounce pours, Okay. Ounce. And that's a good point. take my
2: bottles yeah. to go, and I'm good. Yeah, and then you're good. You can oh. get your bottles at the counter there. You're sitting there at the bar drinking your beer. Well, what the hell was I doing standing yeah. out in the parking
1: lot? I just, feel like, like, <laughs> I just no. feel
3: like above Tristan's head, we see the the more you know reading rainbow <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah. And it's like Warren's like, oh, wow. God yeah. damn it.
2: <laughs> no, but that's the thing. I put that in the post. I wanted people to know that they could do that. Most right, people right. don't people read shit, though. People don't read shit, also. I read it, but it wasn't. Clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's the thing. We tried <laughs> we to had make to it. Read this into last it. one, which you didn't make it to, that's okay. Uh, we didn't make it. it. We, house. we tried to, again to make it clear, and then uh, <laughs> we actually had um, my partner or myself go out there every like while there was a line, we oh, would really? go out there and just address the line oh, as a whole and be like, damn. "Hey, just so y'all know, if you're waiting and you want to drink some on tap and still get bottles, come just on come in. on in because the tasting room's not full." So might as well fill Damn. her up. Nice. And uh, and that went really well. There were some people who were like, oh, yeah, I definitely will drink it. Uh, I right? think a
3: lot of people don't know that too. Just yeah. come oh, in, well, have a pint.
2: Yeah. So I'm hoping that this is like something that develops... Yeah. this kind of culture around my releases? Because every brewery there, has their own well, beer Well, there's a culture. lot of
3: people that don't listen to this podcast, yeah. so they still won't no, no, know. No, no, no,
2: absolutely. <laughs> but I think, I think, like, you know, if yeah, we address the, the line and, like, talk to people who are waiting... That would have helped the day yes. I was there. Yeah, I because know. Because the and day what, I was there,
1: yeah. I'm thinking, okay, the people walking into the tap room, they're going in to buy container beers or they're going in to try container beer. I didn't know in any. I had no idea that you could walk. Jason on walked in there right and, past you. Hey, right. Thanks for stopping <laughs> and telling me, Jason. Appreciate it. He doesn't listen to this. Jack, yes. Yeah, guess he's got ADD.
3: But <laughs>
2: that's basically. I think. I think the first release, we weren't going out there and telling people right, that actively. Right. I think that, it, you know, like I walked out and let everyone know five minutes before the release started. I was just like, hey, if anyone wants to come in and drink some, don't wait in line. Just come on in. And we'll give you a glass of beer, and you can buy bottles, and right? you don't have to wait. That's a win-win. It's a win-win-win-win. And so then also, it. like, you know, have a glass, and then have some container Pilsner or something. It's a right? wonderful... Yeah. Oh
3: no, container Wolf IPAs all day. Yeah. Oh, all, yeah. Yeah. all day, container IPAs. I'm just, right. I'm just so saying, like, f-
2: follow-up Munich wine with so like Pilsner is, like, a really nice... So so nope, now IPA. we know, yeah. and everybody listening <laughs> knows how to IPA? deal with the next so Very tasty. So, so good.
3: They've been actually nailing it, like, shout-out to Container for allowing you to have some space. Thank you, friends. They are wonderful. Well, tell them to get on the goddamn podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I'll talk to Dan. Maybe he'll maybe. I've already
3: I've already messaged them.
2: (laughs) I'll uh, I'll talk to him. But yeah, no, I I think that uh, yeah I don't know. I'm having a good time with it. That's like my thing is like I don't really want to work for anyone else anymore. I want to do my own thing. If I can do my own thing, uh, and make it from a business perspective, because I haven't paid myself a cent in the past. Five years that I've had my business. Yeah, I will probably start paying myself soon because I don't have a job anymore. Because I left my job to keep doing this and double down on this, which is what has resulted in these beers, which is awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. I think so. I I if I can, I think so too. Because a little bit and get by, that's all I need, and that's I'll just keep doing it. You know.
3: Well, dude, I think I think with your multiple releases you have coming out, and you're working at two different places, so you can do this, that, you know. It'll work out, because I think there is a following for what you're doing, because I know you haven't been around for a while, and as soon as I saw it, I was like, holy fuck, Warren, we got to, and that's how we got reached out to get you on the podcast, because we're just like, man, Tristan's been doing so much good shit, it's been like a year, and almost a year, whatever it was, and it's like, okay, he's dropping too. Warren, can he's the only one that can make it? Can you get four of each? Easy. Get the allotted, and we sent it out to everybody on our podcast. Nice. Me and Warren have sacrificed ours. Yeah. F- so fuck you, Mike and Cam. <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, you know what? Only one of you did because there's still a bottle of each of the first ones.
3: Yeah. So yeah. we each sacrificed one because yeah. we're we're good. Yeah. But no, honestly, man, I'm I'm excited to see everything that you're coming out and doing. Um, thank you. It's gonna be. It's going to be good. Like the the hard part for me is getting downtown Vancouver. Yeah. But now you know me. <laughs> that's right. Maybe I can hook you Well, I'm, I'm I, I do work downtown.
2: Yeah. There you go. If you work downtown, you're close. I'm close to East fan. <laughs> I uh, I'm thinking about doing I, I I have some ideas in the works for people who aren't able to come down on a Sunday. I know a lot of people that's like, "Oh, that's my day with the kids or you know, I only get Saturday, Sunday, to hang out with my wife. So, like, I oh, want to hang me. out with my wife uh, on Sunday. My, I get that.
3: My wife works full-time. Yeah. And she's... Weekends are... She's working. I'm yeah. home with my 10-year-old and my 1-year-old.
2: <laughs> yeah. No, so, so I totally get it. There's, Sundays don't work for a lot of people. So I'm I'm working on some ideas. It's, it's in my brain. You know, I know you people are out there and need beer and want beer but just can't come down on a Sunday. And, uh... And so, yeah, so I have some ideas about how to do that. I don't know how I'll do it for sure yet uh, or if those ideas will work. But there may be some options for people who want to um, buy beer in, say, an online presale Ooh. and then pick it up That's on cool. a day of their choosing. Ah.
3: Or you could even uh, think about, I know it would be a little more work for you probably, but offer shipping yes. and just charge yeah. them for that because right. you can actually ship beer yeah. now. I do it all the time yeah. and it's little bubble wrap yeah. breaks. It's your fucking problem. Yeah. That, well, <laughs> yeah. That that I've lock. considered
2: shipping. Uh, the problem with shipping that I have is, man, you need so much boxes and plastic stuff. True. And I'm like, I don't really want to be putting more boxes and plastic into well, bo- the world. Boxes you know? are
3: okay. The plastic's shitty. You can yeah. recycle the boxes.
2: Yeah. But But, and then also it's like things break and yep. I have to spend time wrapping up boxes. I don't know. Oh yeah. That's, that yeah. was the downside I was talking about. I ship beer and I know I'm it's selling a fucking beer, bullshit. So like I should know that like I'm still making money. Yeah. But yeah, no, I think that I, I'm leaning towards online presale. Um, and then pick up days where you choose, you know, maybe you want to pick anytime up on during the week Tuesday at three o'clock. Yeah. yeah. Nice. And maybe not any time, but like, well, cause I'll probably have to be there to facilitate. Sure, sure. So okay. limited I don't hours throughout the week or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, Monday, Tuesday, Friday or something. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, so that's something that may happen, but not for sure yet. Yeah. yeah. And shipping may happen also at some point. I have some ravenous folks that message well, yeah. me from like all over the country. If you got people in Ontario who want to try it or something. So many fucking people. But I can't legally ship beer to Ontario as a Ooh. business. I can as an individual. Uh, I mean... It's we A yeast sample, yeah, yeah. Hey, not um, legally, not super legally, but like I personally could put a box of beer in the mail, right? And don't we not know people that do this? It it's a yeast sample. Yeah, that's what I've done. A, a lot of beer trading uh, in my yep. years as a beer drinker, sure, to get all sorts of random weird stuff should, that I love. Do you know Chris from Haifa? Yeah, I
3: know Chris from Haifa. I yeah, talk to him. He, he should, should, yeah. <laughs> but, but what <laughs> you know, I'm saying shipping, is, shipping. it's not, it's not,
2: <laughs> it's not strictly legal to ship beer across provincial borders, right? I think it is legal to ship into Manitoba. And that's uh, it's it. not. It, I don't. Well, <laughs> it's
1: fucking fine.
2: I but ship it, it all
1: around. Yeah, yeah. I ship <laughs> it everywhere. And, 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 and that's the thing.
2: I know that it's fine, but like as a business, I can't take on the liability of because it's not technically legal. Oh, I'm do just you, so, thinking of all the homebrew hey, samples yeah. that go through the mail. I have French. I have French people. Like I, Tristan, I love my Quebec squad. I work
3: for beer, bro. There, yeah. I'll <laughs> use my address. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: I have a squad of Quebec folks that are like obsessed with my beer. Yeah, and like I get messages from people in Quebec, like. Every single week, really? there's a few, and sometimes like every day, like around a, a release, it's like I wake up and I have like eight emails from people in Quebec saying, like, "Hey, can you please send That's me funny. a box of beer?" I'm like, no man, sorry, like I really wish I could, but like here talk to this guy, he'll proxy for you." <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know it, it's just the way it is. It's the nature of our antiquated beer laws here too oh, yes. one day, government yeah, one day, and I Rural. mean, I, I also know I have friends who own liquor businesses that ship all over the province, and they of course you it's do. not allowed. Uh, but, like, they've never been they in trouble for it. Yeah, it's um, easier to ask I forgiveness have than permission, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's it's one of those things. Maybe one day I'll ship some beer to my Quebec squad. Um, <laughs> I'm
3: closer. I live in Pitt
2: Meadows. There you go. He's closer. Yeah. He'll save, <laughs> save you a few bucks.
3: Oh, just ship me beer.
2: Yeah.
4: No, I can send you some Yeah.
3: I'm
2: sure we can sort something
4: out. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. All
2: no, right. I, I, I don't know. I like... Being a small company and just you know being able to do whatever catches my fancy, absolutely. I made some cherry wine last year. Oh yeah, um, that I I like cherry wine. I made it as a home brewer. Okay, because it's not licensed under anyone, yep. um, and so I have to figure out if I want to sell that, how I will legally sell that, <laughs> uh, or if I want to like I might release it. Uh, it's it's I have a barrel of cherry wine. Um, Sounds
1: very similar to the strange fellows uh,
2: cider story.
1: Yeah, 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 they a made a bunch bit. of apple cider yeah. but didn't have a license.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so they had
1: to get legal before they could sell it. I think that. they were trying to get the that. license
2: when they got the juice for the yeah, cider. Might yeah, exactly. have. Yeah. And then it fermented.
3: No, you're 100% uh, right. Yeah, it fermented before talking. they actually had the license <laughs> right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, we had that story on abroad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I, I I like I I like fermenting all sorts of stuff. So like this this cherry wine is like a cherry wine hybrid with um uh mead. Because it was also, I, I added the cherries. Don't they're these special cherries from my Hungarian, yep. my farmer who grows Hungarian cherries in the Okanagan, the Balatons, and Balatons. Yes, Balatons. They're a great variety, uh, but I, I got some cherries from just to make cherry wine with, and then I made some and realized they don't have a whole lot of sugar in them, so I threw some honey in there, and nice. then I realized oh, I don't have, I don't quite have enough to fill this. It was an odd Society rye barrel that I filled it with. And I realized, oh, I don't quite have quite have enough to fill it, so I made a um, some Nebbiolo, some wine uh, <laughs> with Italian grape must, and uh, blended that in there too. So it's a cherry wine mead hybrid. Damn um, it! You excite that me. Sounds sir. Really good. <laughs> but that's like that's the sort of that's the sort of weird shit that I love making. Like I I really want to make like this year. I'm going to try and get some my hands on some quince. I really want to make like a quince oh, yeah. wine, like yeah. just quinces. Oh, quince only a- side like. I don't even. I don't think you can call it cider because there's no apples. It's just straight up quince <laughs> juice fermented. Maybe I'll dry hop it. Like I do weird. Where are you shit gonna
3: like get that. quince juice from?
2: Uh, I know a farmer on Salt Spring who grows quince. Because yeah. there's okay.
3: pit meadows. There's uh, some quince coming out oh. of uh, Amsterdam Farms. Oh maybe? yeah, yeah
2: I'll, have, I'll keep an eye out. Because well, yeah, I know
3: because um, Farmers Folly used oh, it yeah. in, uh, in a beer.
2: Okay. Yeah, quince, they're wonderful quince. They have the most beautiful aroma.
3: Yeah. It's an interesting flavor too. It's kind of like Perry, but not really. It's got some more shit going on. Yeah. So I think
2: that like, you know, making weird stuff like that where like, oh, I might get like a hundred kilos of quince and like press like, uh, fucking throw it in my mill, a fruit mill and then press it, get all the juice and make like 30 liters of quince wine. That sounds wonderful to me
3: not going to complain about yeah. that so, so you know like that
2: that's the whole entire point of what uh maybe not the point but like the, what i'm getting at is like i like being a weird fermentation project i don't really aspire to create hectoliters upon hectoliters of beer yeah you're not a I production will, brewery exactly uh, i will release 200 liter batches like one barrel that i'm packaging yeah. up uh at a time so you and, can't get anywhere else yes exactly that's that's my whole thing
1: which is cool cuz that's a wicked niche and nobody has tried to take that space over. Yeah. And you, you're doing your own thing. You have no competition really, let's be honest.
2: No, nothing. There are be- there are breweries that make good beer that are, you know, making good incense. Uh, There's like Saison's some good bottle make- age. Not doing like Daggerat does some
3: base. nice yeah. bottle age shit, but you're totally in your own league, bro. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you. I yeah. I but shout out to Dagrad though. I do I do love her. Oh that. yeah. My no. partner works oh. there. She's yeah. she's great.
1: Oh, right on. Um
3: and shout
2: and, her and, out. Yeah, yeah. No. No, her uh, name. <laughs> Kat, yeah. My partner. Kat. Oh, I saw her
1: working her butt off yeah. at your releases there. She's the one running the yeah, bottles. She's running bottles running for me. The, she the, she helps me package kill. all the
2: beer. She helps me write um copy for my labels and posts. Because yeah. I I will um sit down and like type out a post. I'm not sure if you've noticed, but I uh, and I write extremely lengthy Instagram posts, Nobody and that is them. after. That's after Kat has uh, chopped it down and edited. Wow. it. because I write, I will write like way over the character limit, and then we have to get back to like Instagram only allows like whatever it is like sixteen or eighteen hundred characters. So then you have to get, you have to Dude, chop I a bunch of stuff only out. only allowed twenty hashtags. I didn't yeah. know about characters. Yeah. No, there's character limits. Ones. Yeah. So, but like I, I, and I will like. You may you might notice this, but like I can just go off about it. You sure. know, like I could talk about this beer and I could write an essay about how <laughs> wonderful the wood character is, you know, and describe it in many different ways. But no one wants to read that, probably. <laughs> and so it needs to be a cohesive thing, which Kat is responsible for, and she's wonderful. That's awesome. So she yeah. reigns you back in. She reigns me back in. Yeah. She's great. Good. Um so if you I see love. her at Dagrad in the tasting room, say hi. Yeah, no, I haven't I haven't been over to Dagard recently. Mike Mike's yeah. been
3: there recently, but since we're uh, finishing up the beers yes, here, yeah. let's wrap it up. Um, so, around the horn. Well, this is a thing we always do, and uh, we're going to make you pick your favorite beer of the night. Yeah, I can do that. Five
2: we tried. Yeah, I love them all. Like I, I say, I know they're all your children. But yeah, some, exactly. They're all my pick children. Your favorite I love child. Them all.
1: Yeah, <laughs> which is easy for most. See, errors, my kids,
3: right? my kids don't listen to this podcast, so
1: <laughs> not yet.
3: Which one is it today?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, Which one is less of depends. a sins, right? Well, <laughs> yeah. I'm here
3: so I love them both today. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um oh, man, yeah, I don't know if I have a favorite of these. I I like them all for different reasons. If I had right? to pick one, you have I, to I, you have to. Yeah, you have to. <laughs> I do have to. So, uh, if I had to pick one, I probably would pick the Munich wine because oh. I'm just I'm so thrilled about Dang. that barrel character. It's amazing. Um and I'm excited to see where it goes, the next beer I've I've double barreled a uh, an imperial stout into that. So mm. I, when I emptied it for this beer, Damn. I refilled it with a stout from a, I think it was a Blanton's barrel. So I like emptied a Blanton's barrel and sent oh. the beer from that where it had been for the past yearish oh, into the Amberana barrel, um, and that'll be a release at some point. Nice. Um, but I'm just so excited with how that beer came together. I think it's wonderful. It is, and yeah. I don't know. I'm enthused. I'm equally enthused by all of them. That's the joy of having uh, well, they really are, creative control. Like, they were all I, awesome. Yeah, there isn't something I would change. I, I made some decisions. Decisions were made, and that's why these beers are the way they are. And if yeah. I wanted them to be different or if I liked one of them more than another, I would have chosen differently. <laughs> <So> your <laughs> nice. pick is the Liminal Space. Yeah, Liminal Space. Release number three of the beer. Void series. Yeah. I'm proud of that good one. That was, that was a good name for a beer, too. We're talking about how shitty it is. To Warren, do you want to go? Do you yeah, want to take go, it next? Yeah, go ahead, Warren. Yeah, do you you do? You do? You know, Which is
3: yours, big guy? And he's going to pick the Saison.
1: Yeah, the Saison was bloody delicious. <laughs> Absolutely. And yeah, it was good, but I ain't you. picking it. Out of the, <laughs> out of the, the ones we tried tonight, I, I probably would have to go with the, the Saison just because it was so drinkable and because I, to me it's a table Saison. I could drink that every goddamn day. Yeah, that's um, what I made it for. But going beyond that, if I had to go for one of these um, lovely dark strong uh beers i think i would have to be leaning more towards uh, the event horizon the first of the The release just because it was just so simple it's, it's 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 plain or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't, though. Which, it is was a hard, which is a weird way to describe it because it's not. It's it, it had so much and shit going
3: on yeah. in the thing because I'll fight you on that one. But I, I, I think
1: I like it because it's super complex
2: but simple. Yeah,
3: okay. I'll yeah, give you right? that. It's
2: not It's not over the top in no, any it's one way. No, right. it's proper. Right. picked a barrel that I thought had the flavors I was looking for. Yeah. And I didn't do anything to it. And it's I delicious. I literally just added some CO2 and put it in a bottle. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Keep
3: it. So, so- Saying that, yeah, I'm going 100% Event Horizon. I really fucking enjoyed all the flavors on it. Yeah. The uh, Vanilla Geisha Horizon was very good as well. Like, yes. back and forth difference. But just the, the first one, I don't know. Maybe it's been in a bottle longer. Who knows? But that was, that was good. Saying that, like no, I always good. say, all of them were good. Yeah, saison. Was, no I'm not stinkers. a saison guy, and that was I could drink more of that. That's right? like a mow your beer lawn. Oh, fucking! That's an
1: all occasion.
3: The shitty thing was though, if I was mowing my lawn drinking that with the dryness, I'd be drinking it nonstop. <laughs> I just be. Like, I need another sip. Need another sip. That's Perfect.
2: That's what saison is all about, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be quenchy. So you know.
3: everything's on point. So boombox or not boombox? Shut up, Jordan! <laughs> Fucking uh, House of Funk. Yeah. strong beer. It's coming beers out there. Yeah. yeah, dude, it is. Yeah, it's man, come I should. When
2: dinner? when the labels are finally done, um, when I decide how I want so to label, three weeks it. from now, right? You know. Someone asked me like two months ago when I thought it would be ready and I oh. said in a couple weeks oh. and it's been two months. Okay. So when this
3: podcast out, no rush, wait a week. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, who knows
2: how long it takes you to turn your podcast, but it might couple be weeks, out by then. A week. Yeah. It's, it's at really. least, I would say it's at least um, early June. Okay. Context. All right. uh, and I think that it's a great beer for the summer. I think that'll Oh, yeah, there'll be well. a limit on those bottles as There's well. There's not going to be a limit. Perfect. I don't I'll think. Grab a I'm still well I'm still and I'm still working out the details of how I'm going to release it with the uh, the Hoff boys. Yeah. Uh, and girls who work there. They're wonderful people. Yeah. Um but we're not sure if we'll do it as a release like that or if we'll be selling it uh, to stores or how how it'll all gotcha. work. I I I have to, you know, being in other people's spaces, I must be respectful of yes. uh, their businesses yes, and stuff. Yes, of course. So that's why containers only on Sundays, and it's only a Sunday every now and then. Because that's when uh, they that's can just, accommodate That's what works you. best for them. Right. And that's totally cool with me, <laughs> um, because I'm... <laughs> Uh, it doesn't matter to me that that's a you know might be one of the slower days in the tasting room. That's fine, right? I'm gonna bring some people down, and Absolutely. they're gonna come by my beer. Okay, so, so what you're so, saying
1: is those releases could change to Tuesday nights. Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> saying I'm saying Sundays
2: at Container is is pretty. I think that's pretty locked in. Okay, but but House of Funk it probably won't be Sundays because yeah, I don't can't know. be two places at once. Yeah, um, and we don't know yet. Cool, um, but you know, just give me a follow on the old Instagram and yeah. just, and. That's where I talk about Do everything. Do you want to throw
1: out your social media handles
2: for everybody, please? Uh, yeah, my Instagram is uh, Temporal Beer. T-E-M-P-O-R-A-L-B-E-E-R. Uh, and Facebook is just reposts from Instagram, so just search <laughs> Temporal you can find me. And Twitter, I'm not a Twitter literate person. No, I'm not um, a big fan. But you can follow me, I think it's Temporal Ales on Twitter. All right. Um, and so that's Instagram's, I, uh, the Instagram's the key? Instagram's the key. Instagram's the only one I really focus on. Yep. And honestly, I... If I could get away from it, I would, because, you know, <laughs> fuck Zuckerberg and all his garbage. Uh, so I do actually well, Truth have Truth Socials ma- coming. Yeah. I do also have a, uh, no, no, thank you. Um, I do also have a uh, mailing list. Um, oh, like an email thing? An email thing, which is, uh, oh, you can find in my Instagram uh, bio. So if you sign
1: up for the email. Uh, you'll get an
2: email every now and then. You'll but be like, notified when But, like, when honestly, like, I think happening. I've sent one in the past six months because oh, I haven't shit. released any okay. videos. So I'm not. a... on so Instagram. A, yeah. He's go to battered Instagram emails. And and also uh, <laughs> sign up for the mailing list because I, in the future, like I'm talking about how I might do like a mail like a online pre-order, right, something. right. That yeah, may be right. a mailing list only thing. Oh, um, so, so sign up, sign up, okay. and uh, and I promise I won't spam you, won't you get or spammed. sell your information yeah. because I, like what am I gonna fucking do? I'm not gonna <laughs> Jeff sell Bezos anything. and freaking <laughs> yeah. Elon I mean, Musk I'll already send have you it. Like I'll send you like an email with a really lengthy description of each beer. <laughs> Which you don't have to read, so you can just you go to get, the You may get early access to. Don't to worry, your his
3: partner on Instagram will dumb it down for you, so you do have to read his emails.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's basically it. Yeah,
3: love it. Right on, man. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, fucking hyped to see the next couple coming out Dude, from both. These were so
1: good. I can't Thank wait you. to see what you got. Well, was, down it the was it was
3: honestly hard to pick tonight because that oh, barley phew. wine was fire, too. They're all I, nine uh, out of ten for sure. It's not ten out of oh, yeah. ten. Come on. I'm giving 10 out of 10 on right. everything I had except right. the Saison. I'll give that a fucking 9.5. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I looked up and I was, I was glaring daggers at you. No. But, but
2: thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. and uh, Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks I for joining it. us, man. Great to chat. I'm glad you guys enjoyed the beers. I'm and, glad.
1: Uh, uh, I, when things were quiet there, I was a little worried, so I'm yeah. really happy to see that you've popped back up and things are happening. I was and very you're quiet work for forward. like a year. Yeah, I didn't sell I any it. beer. Oh. And
2: that was, let me tell you, not great for a business to not no. sell any beer for you? It, <laughs> it might
3: have made it a little more hypey though yeah, maybe dude. a little bit That I mean, just makes it yeah i came back with a 14
2: percent barley wine dude you so. came yeah.
3: back with uh four beers right killin off it. the
2: bat yeah, and they're,
3: they're all good man so Thanks, if uh on the next beer release come out and ask for what he has left of the other two yes that you maybe get some if i don't take them maybe. all oh, yeah, we'll, yeah. See. <laughs> we'll see we'll <laughs> see Cool. Anyways, awesome. thanks again, buddy. Cheers. Yes, thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. We out.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Pacific Beer Chat. We can be found on all podcast apps as well as at PacificBeerChat.com. If you find a podcast app we are missing on, let us know and we'll endeavor to fix that. Leave us a review on iTunes as it helps expose more people to the show. You can email us at feedback at PacificBeerChat.com. We can be found on all major social media apps at Pacific PacificBeerChat. Logo design was by Tim, the Craft Beer Tourist. Audio editing done by Cam, known as Cam on Tap on Twitter. To
0: play us out, here is a clip of the song "Lothian" by the band Conundrum, performed by Kevin M's. Find them at conundrum-music.bandcamp.com. The song that plays
2: us out is part of our intro.